believe that we are feeding out to the folks out there in the world, to the peoples, uh, all around the internet on player. And then I'm trying to grab a gun right here. So we can... You guys are joining us live on player, formerly known as Utreon, so we could hold shooters here, which I'm going to show. This is kind of like my no, little... I, I haven't even shot this yet, but it's my little you... baby. Your lighting is very dark. Yeah, hey, I got three new oh, shooters lighting, coming. Oh, my lighting is dark. Yeah, I'll get my lighting up. Okay, let's see what... Pa oh, Patrick's got nothing. He's white and pasty. You don't have anything either, Walter. Also... I got also my beautiful... Look, I got my patch up here. Check out Oh, and he, now he's flashing. He's flashing me or whatever. So he's a Yuki. Flashing yeah, his Yuki me, patch, right? Yeah, let me know how the lighting is out there. Boom, there we go. All right, there you go. Lighting, well, you're whiter, audio, that's better. Everything... <laughs> Everything should be good flowing out to the people here. So you join us live so that we can actually hold guns like this and show them off and, He's and just pet proud them very guy. nicely like this. If you pet them nicely, they will grow, they will eat, and they will always take care of you. So there you go. Um, what what are you showing off now, Walt? Oh, is that a starter pistol? That's flare well, gun. I mean, you, flare you, gun. You can't you can't even hold this on YouTube. So that's mm -mm. you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. That is very yeah. cool. Yeah. Yes. So you so, want to do this. You go to player slash who moved my freedom. That's the place to find us. You're listening to this on audio later for the folks all around the world. Uh, you're watching this on YouTube later on. You want to know how to join us live. Go over to player slash who moved my freedom. Um, as I always tell you guys, uh, you know, if you, if, you, if you give us some money through this, 33% of it will go to Babyface. 33% will go to Walter as well. When I, when I, I never remember, signed up I, for that payment program. You're on there. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it's a total waste. All right. All you of know, that. The money, the money is going into his account. He just can't pull the money out. Yeah. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Yeah. You look, you probably have money sitting. It's in. probably money there. I know. I know. Let's kick it off. Where's let's this, get it going. Where's, this let's, where's, the, where's let's this Let's get it going. Hold on. It's a Utreon. Okay. It's on Utreon. Can uh -huh. I press the button? Can it? Welcome back to the Hank Strange situation. Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. Oh, and it goes to the totally wrong thing. Okay, here, let's go. Let's do this. There you go. Boom. And hit the... Boom. There you go. Okay, let's get the jazz hands going. There you go, jazz hands. I hope you guys got your big girl get, panties on. We are live. Get jazz hands. <laughs> we are live. This is the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. It's episode 989. And it's free for all Monday. Of course, I've got Babyface P joining us. There he goes, right there, Babyface P. Uh, Walter Keller also joining us here. There he goes. And myself, we are supposed to have, and we may still have, I don't know, uh, Rick Vasquez, formerly of the ATF Tech Branch, joining us. I don't know. He, you know, we we still may get it. We're working on it. Lola's working on it right now, in the background. So other than that, you got free for all Monday going on. What's up, people? If anybody out there has reloading dies or some spare ammo sitting around for 30 Remington, let me know. The what now? Oh, 30, 30. 30. So you're going to do that? Remington. Oh, it's 
it, it's paid for. It's done. Yeah, he's a <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a really really cool kind of historic kind of shooter. You know, I mean, yes, yeah, it it, uh, it fills two two niches. So for anybody wondering, I have put money towards a Remington Model Eight and Thirty Remington. Um, I'll let everybody know when it comes in. Uh, uh, it should be going to Hanks hopefully soon. Um, yeah, which means two, two, the minute it niches. gets here, I'll be getting texted. Oh hell yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be tracking it. It fills two niches. Um, <laughs> one, my love for everything Browning, so all Browning firearms, and two. Uh, lineage up to the AK, and you'll see when it comes in. We'll take a look at it. That it's got some oh, AK things. The safe, yeah. the safe to li- yeah. safety lever. <laughs> yep. What? What? Now, what you got to really find is that extended magazine thing, man. If you can find one of those, that's like the that's one of the in in the, the world of gun magazines. That's one of the uh, what do you call holy it? Holy grails. Uh, uh, holy grails of. Type 96 Japanese machine gun mags, that's one of them. Yeah. And 99 mags, and then those mags for that shooter, which was a custom. Yeah. Yeah, they did them them for police departments back then. Yeah. Yeah. That was a heavy hitter, a big, big mag. (laughs) And then they. You got 30, 30 Remington, and they also made that in 35 Remington at home. So, so interestingly, 35 was the most popular. Most of them were made in 35 Remington. 30 was not as popular, and then 32 and 25. But the deal came along. I thought it was a good price, so I said, screw it. And I yeah, will have to make it up to know, Marley. I, you know what's funny to me? Okay. How, how Patrick, you know, and this is like probably every gun guy. It's not just Patrick. It's not just his uh, problems. But you know what? He don't have no money, and then he comes across something, <laughs> and just magically he will find some money. Oh, we got plenty I, of money. I got I got plenty of money in the bank. I just shouldn't be spending it, and I'm probably now in trouble. Uh, so I gotta cut my spending because I've yeah. done. I got a Father's Day gift because it magically came from somewhere. Yeah. I will sit. I will sit. No baby formula buy, this month. I will sit and labor over buying some little fifty thirty dollar piece or something, and uh-huh. think if I can get it cheaper when the right gun deal pops up. It happens so damn fast. You can't even. You can't even. <laughs> I'm, I'm Walter. I'm in the same boat. I tried. Uh, so the guy also had a complete A2 upper Colt. I would M16 fuck A2. that A2 upper. Get that freaking Lermington. I know. No, I did the same. I was like, I want the, I want the Model Eight. And then, I, but I tried to bargain. I was like, how much would it run if you would send me the A2 upper <laughs> oh, as well? And he's like, oh, I already have somebody that wants the A2. I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll oh. take that. I want the Model Eight. Boom. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you can get an A2 upper. That's that's what I thought. I was like, I can get one of those yeah. from PSA any day of the week. Yeah, but 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 that 19, Remington rifle? A, a 1946 Remington model. It's, so it's an, actually a Model 81. I don't know the real difference between the two. I got to look it up. But it's it's the same. It's a Model 8. It's a Remington Model 8. Yeah. No, they yeah. um they're definitely historic and they have a they have when you read stories about them, like the Bonnie and Clyde thing and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the first auto loading rifle like that. I mean, mm-hmm. big caliber auto loading yeah. can knock a person down. Yeah, yeah. Lola I mean, says uh, we hunting, should still be getting Rick. He's just running a low light. Okay, cool. Big so, time. Yeah, uh, we should be getting him. Big time hunting rifle too. You know, for larger game I, and stuff too. I have heard that it'll take out big game no problem. Like I was doing oh, some reading, yeah. a lot of dudes will use it to hunt. This might be Rick uh, dialing in right now. Let's see if we can. Oh, I don't have a 1911 here. I do oh, have. 
I do have Hold another Colt, though. Let's see. There ah. we go. Boom. Oh. Well, I just walked you. in, and I hate to beat you both when you held up your Colt and your oh, 1911. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have a Colt. Uh, I'm sorry, a Remington and an original 1851 Colt Navy. Holy Oh, oh, oh wow. That oh, okay. just smoked us both, that's, Walter. That's a heavy flex. I mean, we haven't even, like, we haven't even well, gotten started here. Yeah. Jeez. First of all, I apologize for being a little bit late. No, that's cool. That's all right. We're glad to have you. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Everyone, the ATF is in the building. I'm not <laughs> <a champion. laughs> yeah, so uh, we're we're joined tonight along with Walter and Patrick. We have Rick Vasquez, formerly of uh, you were the were you the um, chief or assistant chief of the uh, tech bureau? What was the fill me in? I held both positions for eighteen months. Okay, uh, I was the acting branch chief and the assistant branch chief, and then my last two years with ATF. I was the uh, branch chief of the firearms trafficking branch. I worked for field operations for my last two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, this is Babyface P and Patrick. Walter Keller. Patrick. Are you... How you doing? How you doing? I would say. More you know, professional. We got a say, professional he's here. Saying he's saying he's former ATF. I would still go with nicknames <laughs> if I was you. Yeah. <laughs> You never know what, uh, you know, what, no, I'm just kidding. Listen, thanks for having um, us so much, I, I uh, or coming on. I appreciate it. I know you were, uh, you we were introduced to you, if I can make my face not blurry, by uh, John Crump. Big that is correct. To, yes, big thanks to John Crump for having you on here. Before we get into anything, these guys are pretty rowdy. We should start with maybe a little background <laughs> for people who don't know on uh, Rick Vasquez. Like, who are you? How did you um, get into government service, etc.? I'll do a, a real quick roundabout, not take up too much time. I had a 21-year career in the Marines and uh, was uh, a, a weapons specialist at the Precision Weapon Shop at Quantico. I did embassy duty, security forces duty, and deployed all over different parts of the world. I left uh, the Marine Corps, went to work directly for Diplomatic Security Service as a firearms and tactics instructor. Did that for three years and went to work for ATF as a uh, what's called a firearms enforcement officer in the firearms technology branch. And I did that for 14 years, went up to, as I said, branch chief, uh, traveled the world, learned a lot, uh, especially on the, the regulations and the statutes. And after 14 years, only did 14 years with the government, I took a very early retirement, uh, lost a lot of money, but I finally realized the government was not for me. Um, you know, I was very, very pro firearm, right. and it and it kind of uh, bumped heads with people from time to time. Now, I would tell you this: ATF, uh, for the most part, the agents and the people in the field loved the work that I did. I, I literally traveled the world for ATF, and uh, but working with headquarters personnel. Uh, you know, trying to get the right opinion out always didn't work. And sometimes you had to take a, an opinion that you didn't agree with, uh, you know, because, I mean, that's just the way it is. When you work for an agency, you work for a company. I mean, let's use Bud Light, for example. You know, somebody put out that. <laughs> I wish ATF would go the route of Bud Light. and then You see canceled. what I mean? <laughs> somebody put out a stupid opinion that ruined them. You know? 
Uh-huh. But yeah. that's mm-hmm. not, and so I left ATF and walked right into the private sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, started to work with FFL Guard, working for the firearms industry, and started my own brand and started an active crisis consultant, very high-end security company. I uh, worked with a diplomatic security agent that I had known for over 40 years and Medal of Valor recipient, all kinds of worldwide uh, training. And he called me up one day and said, hey, man, I've just sold my company. What are you doing? So we started Active Crisis Consulting. I've since sold that and it's growing like crazy, <clears throat> but I'm getting kind of old and, you know, I have to start, you know, getting a little bit of free time. So that's kind of what I do now. I work specifically for the industry. Um, did we freeze up? No, you're good. I think we're good here. Good. I work for the industry. We heard I'm doing a lot of testimony uh, on behalf of the firearms industry. I do a lot of training and I work as a consultant directly to the firearms industry. And and I'll give you a quick example of, of let's say uh, Babyface, that's how I see your name up there, is interested in designing something new. and But he wants to make sure that it doesn't get him in trouble and it gets classified the way he wants to. I will get that product. I'm, I'm a licensed manufacturer. I'll get that product, review it, and say, no, this isn't going to pass. You need to do this, do this, and this. And so when he sends it to ATF, the waiting list now, they have three times the employees they used to have when I was there, and they're three times further behind. So now he doesn't wait 18 months for an opinion where they say, oh, this isn't going to pass. He waits 18 months, he gets his opinion, and you did the right thing. And I wish those guys who did the uh, the credit card key would have contacted me. You know, that's a good example. Of if they'd have used their head and gone out and talked to somebody first, you know, we could have eliminated a lot of problems. So if anybody's out there listening, if you think you've got the world's greatest mousetrap that's going to beat every law known to man, let's get it checked out first. Yeah, it's a it's a long, expensive process as well. I would say yes. Um, but go ahead, your butt, go ahead, Patrick. Your butt in prison is even more expensive to everybody, including your family. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> well, what we say in the compliance industry, you may spend a lot of money up front, but that money up front is a hell of a lot cheaper than if you have to hire an attorney and fight a case. Yeah. I wish it wasn't like that. It's almost the the these this new way they've been doing it, and Walter would know this, I think, better than any of us. It's it's just set up for companies to spend a lot of money, which favors the bigger companies that have money versus smaller companies. What do you think, Walt? And there's no guarantee, due to politics now, that because ATF has been weaponized with politics. Um, that your stuff, even if it's cool, and it's and you and, and you, Rick, would say that's not a machine gun. Guess what? <laughs> it's a machine gun, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 we've seen that with what the bump stock. Come on. Well, he, you were, he, yeah, he. I think you were a big part of the bump stock, right? Go ahead, go ahead, right? Yes, I wrote a declaration for the gun owners of America. I I do a lot for them behind the scenes that I don't even bill them. Uh, you know, so they work in all these cases. And, and Rob runs the stuff, you know, hey, Rick, are you aware of this situation? Have you ever seen this in the past? Uh, what can you tell us about this? So I, I don't even bill them for that because I know it's helping somebody in the industry. And and they're having to collect money to pay their own salary. And 
And, and you know what? Everybody needs to make money. You know, that's what we all do. We all do this as, as a profession. But, uh, you know, they hired me for the uh, bump stock opinion. And I put together a declaration, uh, went up to one of the court cases with them. And so they don't need me now because they've got all the documentation. Now it's all the legislative, the legal aspects of it, nothing technical anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just for clarification, uh, you know, when I said that about how, this, what the hell is that? Lola, seriously. Okay. Just for clarification, that, I don't know what Lola was up to here, but she somehow connected to the van. I'm in a van, Rick. <laughs> um <laughs> And Lola somehow connected to the radio. I don't know how. But just for clarification, like I wasn't saying that, you know, you're doing this for the money. It's just unfortunate that the way the pro- – I think in the past it used to be someone like yourself and you've done this would look at things and go, hey, this is totally fine. And then everything would be okay. But just now the process has is, is gotten a lot yeah. worse. You know, I, I am so glad you said that. We started an importers conference, ATF, in 2001. And I had only been with ATF two years. And myself and Kurt Bartlett, who was just a phenomenal old-timer, put on the first one. And one of the things we did every year is we would go through what questions and what things had gone on for the year, and we would put it in a handout. And we did this to keep you from calling me to ask the question, that should be in some mm-hmm. book somewhere. Yep. So we provided this until, I hate to say this, the year I left Fire Technology Brands. And now they have this conference, and I was called. It, it's going on. I think it's next week. They said, are, this will be the first one I've I, I missed. And they said, are you coming to the conference? And I said, why should I come to the conference now? I'm going to hear how many cases were done, how many letters were written, all these different statistics, but I'm not going to hear one answer to any question that I have. So, so what is the purpose of paying a $750 entry fee plus going to Washington, D.C. for two days when it, it has lost uh, its importance? And, and every we used to fill up conference rooms. You know, 1,500 people would show up, 500 people would show up. Now, last year, I think there was like 60 people there and there was more government personnel than spectators in the audience that's how small it was because you get to the point where every dollar is important and why am i spending this money if it's not going to benefit my business yeah but i'm going to take it one step further though mm-hmm. we me i'm currently putting together a uh, handout of course i'm going to monetize it I'm going to start at number one. How do I get a license? Number two, when I get my license, what do I need to do? And number three, all the way on. And uh, we're going to put this together and get a good review of it and then uh, get it posted uh, hopefully by the end of 2023. Okay. All right. That's uh, something I'll be partaking in because I am actively working on getting my FFL. So um, I got the business license and I'm moving towards the FFL. So absolutely. You got my phone number. Call me up. Uh, You know, I can set you up 100% from A to Z. And so that you can, you know, get through this easily. And I just joined with Bravo Store Systems. uh, And we're going to create a help desk for the clients. They, of course, you know, or anybody in the public can call in and get uh, questions answered. 
they're a A&D 4473 point of sale uh, company. And we, I just uh, partnered with them just last month. And we're starting to move on on, on that product. Hmm. Okay, interesting. You, you sound you Go sound ahead. like a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just finished up uh, a year long product uh, working man writing manuals for CDC. Um, they're really getting their uh, research material standardized. We had a two year um, uh, program, and luckily, my daughter is a phenomenal writer editor and a former Marine, a stay at home mom. So this really helped her out that she did all my editing and uh, formatting. You know, because I tell you right now, I'm a rock. I might have that knowledge in my head, but when I put it down on paper, I have to get somebody with at least a kindergarten education to review it for me. <laughs> All right, good. Sounds like you're doing a lot of good stuff, you know. Um, not, not Obviously, you need to do things for yourself, especially since you said you didn't, you know, get like a big retirement package and all that. You know, but I think it sounds like you're doing a lot of good things out there working with GOA and, and other folks. So I appreciate that. I'm sure people will have questions. Walter and Patrick definitely have questions. Um, you want to go for one, uh, Patrick? Go ahead. I, I, the, the main, to me, kind of the main elephant in the room is, uh, is the ATF that you left the same one that's there today? Do you feel like the ATF that was is the same ATF? Absolutely not. It's, uh, uh, I mean, absolutely not. There's still some really strong, strong people there. I will tell you this, though. Uh, one office that has just changed for the better, unbelievably, is the National Firearms Administration. The amount of work, just think about all the new registrations that are coming in. And everything that's happened is falling on the back of the NFA branch. And that office used to be the armpit of ATF. And, and now it is just a, a shining star. And the okay. other office that nobody okay. talks about, and I'm, I'm only going to talk about good offices. Because mm -hmm. I don't want to you know, be disparaging anybody. The licensing center. Have you ever heard anybody complain about when they put in for the license, there's a stumbling block? No, these these and, and are just phenomenal. And then the the last office is the Firearms Industry Programs Branch in Washington D.C., and they do policy. So whenever I need to validate something, uh, let's say that I know Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over ninety years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old U.S. of A. and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. Alrighty, so my apologies here on that. That's totally my fault that I wasn't keeping track of the time. So we, yeah, we do have like a time limit here. That's why the time's running down and we heard the ding. That word ding is out. That uh, ding is like our one minute warning here. So my apologies on that. I'll let you continue. Um, go for it. Finish, finish your statement there. The final office, uh, FIPB, when I need something validated, you know, their headquarters, I, I, I know what the answer is, you know, 478.50 is on uh, off-site storage. And let's say I'm not exactly sure what that means. So I'll write into their office, and I always provide an answer. That's one thing. If you ever write into ATF, don't just ask a question. 
even if you don't go to anybody, do your own research and say, as I understand, the regulation says that I can do this in accordance with this regulation. And that's what uh, FIPB's expertise is. So mm -hmm. I'll get it validated. But if you just go in and say, hey, what's my nationality? Am I Mexican or am I white? You know, <laughs> you're gonna, you don't know what the answer is going to be, uh -huh. you know, because you, you, they're going to look up and they're going to be very biased in their opinion in some of these offices. And they'll be very biased. And unless you hold them to the to the feet to the fire and show that you know what the answer should be, <clears throat> they'll just respond with an answer that who the hell knows what it means. Okay, so let me see if I can just like go back over that again. So if you're asking them a question, ask the question, but then also give what your perceived answer of that is so they can either negate it or verify it? Absolutely. Okay. And, and one of the biggest things that you're getting now is you wait nine months, 15 months, we're sorry you did not provide enough information. Send a, more information. What? You, you know, you waited this much time, and, and that's and that's why I hate to sell a consultant. That's why it's important that you don't waste because time is money. Mm -hmm. So so you just wasted eighteen months. You may have invested in a project that now you know you've thrown all that money away. Mm -hmm. Or you could have invested in a project knowing what the answer is going to be when you get your response back. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Let me get a quick question from um, the audience out here. Armament and Axes gave us uh, $5.99. He says, why is the former ATF, quote unquote, uh, why is he former AT, um, AFT? Uh, did he retire or get the boot? Sounds like he's on our side. So there's a question, um, you know, retire or get the boot. I don't know if you want to answer that. And if you don't want to answer anything, feel free to tell us it's none of our business. No, I retired under mm -hmm. extremely good circumstances. I mm -hmm. won a government contract with ATF already. I mm -hmm. put on a, uh, a high-speed driving course for ATF special agents. And, yeah. I, and I share, when I discover something, um, I share it with people in ATF, and they can use it or not use it. But no, there, there. Of course, there are people uh, that, you know, especially some of my older office, that are extremely unhappy that I have testified against ATF and beat ATF in federal court on a on an arm brace case, and uh, <laughs> so they're not happy with that. But <laughs> well, <laughs> Uh, Walter is flabbergasted. I, 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 I always, I always love people that just can't accept reality. I mean, the well, the, was, the reality, the reality of things is the bump stock and the brace and all these other gizmos are not what they've claimed, what they've been accused of. But it doesn't matter. There's there's blind there's political blinders on, so we got to keep going in that same direction no matter what. So I I agree a hundred percent. I, I really hope this bump stock issue, I, I'm sure you guys heard at the Supreme Court, ATF has asked the Supreme Court to now get involved. Yeah. And, and I hope they do. And I, I'm not going to wager one way or the other. I just hope that it goes the right way. Okay. So that's a new, a real, relatively new development that the ATF themselves are asking Supreme Court to get involved? 
Yeah, because yes, they, 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 mm-hmm. okay. they think they're going to lose where they're at right now. So they're going to push it up a little higher and see if they get some special right. treatment maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. And how do you – so, yeah, let's get into that since we're here. How do you feel that's going to play itself out ultimately, Rick? Do you, you know, have some opinions on that? I, and I do, and, and I hate to do this, but i got to take a few minutes to kind of explain mm-hmm. how we got to the bump stock. Okay. Um, some of you guys might have been around long enough to remember the Aikens Accelerator. And and yeah, uh, that would definitely be Walter. He's uh, I know I know it too. I remember it. Too? Okay, okay, all right, yeah, all right. Well, Walter, I'm the one that fought called out a machine gun, and and I'll okay. tell you that up front. And okay. the reason I did because when you look at the way it operated, I, I it was a simple machine. Uh, it had hydraulics, it had springs, and so once right. you pull the trigger, it it had a mechanism in there that caused it to continue to. To cycle. Of course, you had to hold yeah. it in the same spot. And believe it or not, ATF chief counsel did not want to call it a machine gun. So hmm. we had a huge conference. It went all the way up to the director of ATF and director of ATF. And it was with all the senior leadership staff. And they all sided with Farms Technology Branch, myself and, and Mike Curtis. And because uh, he had the one had been assigned a project. So we, we called it a machine gun. But when the bump stock design came out, they did exactly what we told them to do. Right. I'm they just, said I'm just scrolling up some stuff with that, by the way, for anyone who doesn't remember. I remember hearing of it. I'm just trying to refresh my memory on what we were. It was like pre-bump yeah. stock before the bump stock had a mechanism okay. in the back yes. that oh, okay. accelerated it. Uh, okay. Understood. Okay. All right. So when the bump stock came out, the first one, mm-hmm. they they took it to the to the letter. They said mm-hmm. in the ruling, they told us in the ruling, you said, if it doesn't use this and if it doesn't use this, it wouldn't be a machine gun. Mm-hmm. So we looked at this thing and, and when I was in FTB, uh, Farms Technology Branch, they were all gun guys. And we were like, holy crap, look at this. this we wrote it up as not being a machine gun. This was so crucial that it went up to head, headquarters and Edgar Dominich, the deputy director, uh, took that to the Hill and said, look. We need to let you know that this is going to be classified as not being a machine gun. So everybody got informed that this thing was not going to be classified as a machine gun. And boom, it came out. And we all know why it is classified as a machine gun today. That was after the Vegas shooting. Um, Trump. It's purely politics and feelings. Yep, 100% politics. The director of ATF that you will find a way to classify this as a machine gun. So, you know, he's a, he's a good soldier, and he's worked, He's the director, and he did what the president Marvin, and the attorney general told old, him to do. Good old Marvin Richardson. Bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> I met him. I met him personally. I've, I've, been, to the, I've been to the mausoleum in, 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 in Washington, the glass-roofed, the glass building we asked when we were there why does it have a glass roof and he goes well if they ever bomb it the top will blow out it's, it's not like, glass it's plastic why, bags why why do you why do you have to build it's plastic building bags about being bombed? <laughs> it's it's uh it, it was a very forward-thinking woke uh contract that was given to a very um woke thinking architect to design the building 
the the minute that building was finished, it was over full. Since you've been in it, you know how much wasted space is there. It's not it's not built like an office building. It is just complete center goes up to the it's top, open. and that's all wasted space. So there's mm. it ran out of space. It, it has a big like a big age. Big and atrium. That's why. Yeah, a big atrium in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like it a big spiral like case going museum. around. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. There you go. Just like that. Yeah. It's mm. beautiful though. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, maybe for uh, an apartment building. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want. Um, I don't think I want uh, beautiful or cool out of my government agencies. I want them to be very small and stay the hell out of my business, um, unless they absolutely have to be. How in your time? You know, you said you were just there for fourteen years, right? Yes. In your time, did you guys, when we're talking about things like the bump stock, um, you know, the pistol brace now, in your time, did you guys get specific directives to make something not fit, make it, uh, you know, make it into a machine gun or whatever? Or did they just give it to you and go, tell us what this is? How, how did that work? You know, that's a really good historical question. I got hired by two gentlemen named uh, Kurt Bartlett and Ed Owen, and they had been there in the 40 plus years mm -hmm. and they made the policy period ed owen was like when he said something that was it and of course he would take it to council mm -hmm. and there was a, an attorney there named jack patterson who retired right when i was hired and he had the same um pedigree as like ed owen i mean he knew the law so they made a lot of opinions that people didn't agree with but they're really based on foundation. And then when when I finally um, became part of ATF, uh, you know, assistant chief in 2004, we still had a lot of authority in the fire and technology branch. Well, I don't know if they're being told now to make certain items right off the bat, uh, classify them as, as not being good for public consumption or classify them under a, a law that would make them not usable by the public. But it sure seems to be that way. And and I say that because of the new firearm receiver rule, uh, the new bump stock, not the bump stock, the arm brace opinion, which Firearms Technology Branch approved. And then all of a sudden they start writing little nitpicky letters. Okay, if it's, if it's black in color, mm -hmm. And has a wider butt uh, uh, rear area. It's an it's a stock. Okay, if it's longer than this, it's a stock. Okay, if you stand on your left foot and you shoot it with your right hand, it's a stock. You know they started that evolution of denying it, and and so that has to be either a willful choice in the firearms technology branch trying to find a way to overturn their own opinion or direction from headquarters that says, you need to find a way to get rid of this thing. Mm -hmm. I yeah. tend to believe that it came from Farms Technology Branch because of the letter that Marvin Richardson finally wrote that said, if you shoot this from the shoulder, you're not redesigning it. And then after that, new attorney general gets involved and the new attorney general says, we're going to turn this thing into a stock. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think the, um, that goes back to the same time they were having meetings and stuff like that before Biden took office, right? That is correct. Yeah. So basically that's what's directing everything, which is a nuisance for folks out there now. That's never good for the public overall when all these decisions are being made based on politics. If, there's, if we have a health crisis, let's have the scientists and the doctors... Give us the best, the best decision non, on what should happen. Non, non-government employed doctors, right. by the way. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, same, same thing for this stuff. Pro- if it's the, not a machine gun, it's not a machine gun. One of the problems with all this stuff that's went on, they come out with a. You go to the tech branch, you get a letter. It's good. It's good for years. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's not good. That's mm-hmm. not good. That's not good. That's not good. So what happens is you completely destroy any trust that you had in the, in the, in the process, in the tech branch, in any of them, because now nothing's any good. That doesn't, that doesn't apply anymore. It's no good. Yeah. All those yeah. letters, all those letters are yeah. void. Well, yeah. what the hell is your word, your word good for? Your word's not worth good anything anymore. What about all the money you invested in, uh, in well, machinery yeah, I mean, and, and, and building just, up these things I mean, and hiring employees, et cetera? Just, well, just the, the, just, the yeah, ruling is so confusing to the public. There's machine shops who set up machinery just to make 80% castings or receivers, or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And they sold them to real manufacturers. As soon as the frame ruling came out, they literally shut down because they did not know what the correct answer was. Mm-hmm. So we wrote in to ATF, and ATF posted a bulletin said that all previous opinions on what an eighty percent receiver was good, but they didn't say that in the rule when the rule came out. So when you read the rule, you couldn't find that in there. So we had to get a clarification. So all these companies were in limbo. These manufacturers who didn't hire people to run a machine to make a receiver to a certain point had to hire people to bring people in. Mm-hmm. So the, the profit margin, in my opinion, right now, and you guys are in the firearm industry, is really getting smaller and smaller because of, like you said, I'm going to go to the extreme in my manufacturing processes to make sure I don't run afoul of the law because mm-hmm. I don't want to lose my license and I don't want to lose my livelihood and I sure don't want to go to jail. Mm-hmm. So if you're manufacturer, then you go to the extreme to make sure that you're not violating any of these regulations that it, you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, are, that it change every other day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it's, I mean, I think it's a deliberate <laughs> lately. What we've gotten is a deliberate attempt to destroy an industry, which I'm not really sure if it's ever happened in America. Someone will have to tell me. Has that ever happened before in America where they took an industry? Definitely it's never happened where they took an industry that's protected by by a whole amendment in a constitution, in the constitution. and destroyed it. Because that's what we have that's effectively right. going on here, right? Yeah. Well, under this yeah. administration, I, we feel the same way. Everybody who's in the firearms industry feels that way. Now, I will tell you that the firearms industry is kind of split. And I won't use names, but the big name brand manufacturers, the real big names, 
these regulations generally do not affect them at all because they are set up for every single process there is. They take a chunk of steel, they drop it into a machine, it cuts it to where they need to be. They have everybody, it's the mid-level manufacturer who's actually doing more innovation, but because he can't afford a $300,000 or $150,000 milling machine, he goes and gets a local machine shop to cut metal for him. And so that he can take that piece of metal and then he can make the, the complete firearm into a product and then both people make a profit and nobody spends money on a machine. Nobody pays somebody to stand at that machine 12 hours a day and pays in retirement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you're putting yeah. that person out of business. Right. Uh, this isn't going to affect Colt. This isn't going to affect SIG. It's going to affect that Type 7 who just came up with that new AR-15, that new silencer, whatever it may be, and he's rolling. He's making. He's on his third or fourth year, and he's starting to make a good profit. Then all of a sudden, there's a stumbling block right on him. Mm-hmm. And now he's either going to have to spend more money or lose his company. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty succinct. I don't know <laughs> that the it's the the middle to smaller guys. Um, what what do you think is going to be the solution at the end of the day here? I think I might have already asked you that, but I'm just curious to think what you think happens here in the future before we well, go to the next it, section. Mm-hmm. Well, you heard last year there were 500 percent more FFLs revoked than the previous year. 500%. What's it going to be in 23? What's it going to be in 24? They are looking at a way to eliminate gun manufacturers. Yeah. Well, what, what, what that does, though, it only... Let me, let me be a little bit more clear. There's, there's a lot of guys out there that make a certain widget, and they know the regulations that apply to them because mm-hmm. they only do that widget. Then all of a sudden they do something else and they start doing uh, violating a regulation they don't even know exists. So when ATF comes and inspects, they're not really criminals. They're not selling illegal guns. They're not putting guns out on the market. They're not doing anything like that, but they're violating regulations. So under this new administration, there are certain things they call the kiss of death. If you get to run a next check, if you don't respond to a trace request, if you don't verify an, uh, an ID card, um, if you falsify a statement, I think there's six of them, that is an automatic revocation of your license. Yeah. that we, we, We've got to take a quick break here. I really do want to come back and, and talk about this. I think uh, Walter has some personal feelings on this. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like High Point Firearms and Full Forge Gear, bags and gear for everyday life. Did you know High Point is an American family-owned and operated company located in Ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience? High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider High Point. All right. So once again, you know, we had to take a little break there based on based on time. I saw someone shouting break. 
in the thing here. Uh, we, yeah, we were talking about what's happening to a lot of um, FFLs out there, you know, folks who've been in business for a long time. Um, Walter, did you, you know, was there a particular thing you wanted to add here or? Um, a, a lot of these violations, the violations, um, mm -hmm. some are willful, some are not. Um, back in the old days, the poor Biden, and that's the old days. Remember when gasoline was $1.60 a gallon? <laughs> um, people laugh about that, and that is so damn true. We'll never um, see those days again. <laughs> when you when you would have some violations, will, willful, not purposeful stuff, they would just say, you know, you'd have a thing, don't do this, don't you don't really don't do that. You might have a meeting, you talk about it, you know, you work through it. Once it's been, now it's politicized. Now there's a mission. They've got a mission right now. Um, I just went through a compliance thing, and we didn't have any major issues. So my 4473s mm -hmm. were all cool. Pardon me? What's your business name? Uh, safety <laughs> Harbor Firearms. Oh, Safety Harbor, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. you know about it. You I heard make, about it. Uh, yeah, he says he like, knows about it. <laughs> yeah, I make, I make 50 caliber uppers that go on AR-15 lowers. I, I know a lot about ATF, um, un unfortunately. But um, that's a whole other story. Yeah, we're going to talk yeah, about before, that. Go, go ahead. Mm -hmm. In the past, you know, you'd get your hand slapped and your PP whacked, and and you don't do it again, and you go on. Mm -hmm. Now, you're out. You're out. Or, and there, but there is a process to throw you out too. You can you can fight it, but if I don't know, if, well, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going to explain that to you. Have you ever printed the firearms regulation guide? Now you're old enough. You remember when ATF used to give it out the fifty three hundred point four. Uh, the, the, the manual book kind of thing? Yes. They used to call it the white book. I, Have you ever printed it off and physically held it in your hand? 237 <laughs> pages. I, I just, the, 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 my person that was just with me, I said, oh, by the way, you don't have a new one of these, do you? Because I had one from 2007. They quit and uh, she goes, no, the, the, the newest one is, the last one was from 14, and now you, have, you can get it online or something like that. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, well, a lot of that book doesn't apply anymore. Some of it does. A lot of it does. But the well, new stuff isn't in there. You know, I mean, it's like you're 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 right. But but let me explain what the, how the book is set up and then I'm explain something else to tell you how easy they can violate you. The book is set up in numerical sequence and it starts out with 921, which is definitions. 922, which is unlawful acts. So you have the Gun Control Act, the National Firearms Act, which is Title 26. Then you have 478, which is the regulations under the Gun Control Act. Then you have 479, which is the regulations under the NFA. Then you have uh, 923, which is licensing. 924, uh, which is uh, penalties. And 925 was exemptions. Hmm. So anything, anything that you do that is a violation of 922 is a felony. So 922 starts, it shall be unlawful. That's why they, it's so important for you, everybody in the industry, to understand these regulations and statutes. So anything that's a violation of 922 is a felony. So they say you violated this. You forgot to check an ID card. 
Uh, you falsified this document, even though you didn't, but somebody did. But it's your responsibility. You can't find a NICS number where you ran a NICS check. Um, all those things, and they say you violated 922. Now, 95% of U.S. attorneys won't take that charge. But they can tell you, you either turn your license in or we're going to charge you with 922 point so-and-so. Here's the other thing. When you got your license, everybody who gets a license signs a statement. And I want you to go back and get that statement that you signed and read it. Mm -hmm. And they say, we covered 921, we covered 922, we covered 923, we covered 924. And they were there maybe two hours. A long time would be four hours. Mm -hmm. And you signed at the bottom that said, I understand everything that we recovered here today. And they show that to a judge and said, Walter, you signed. Hell, I don't remember that. You just verified to them that any violation you did was a willful violation because you told ATF you understood everything that they instructed you on. So yep. it's a vicious cycle, and you're 100% right. Before, uh, um, there was different parts of the United States where inspectors were more lenient, and you know some people, they got away with murder. And I don't know if you guys remember, USA Today put out a story on it, inspections. And oh my goodness, when the Attorney General got that, there was dealers who refused to run traces. That is a serious felony. And they yeah, told the inspectors, you're not coming in my effing store, blah, blah, documented this. And that started this downfall where they said, no more. So they have you coming and going. So I highly recommend to anybody's listen to this to print off to 5300.4, mm -hmm. put it in a binder, and start adding things that come in. With the new ruling, put that in there, tab it. New ruling on firearms, frames, and receivers. New letter that ATF put out on bump stocks. New letter that ATF explains what idiocy is because they are experts. <laughs> or whatever it may be. You know, yeah. Start your tab. And, and don't put it on a computer. I hear all these young guys go, no, I got a folder for it. When's the last time you opened that folder? Mm -hmm. when, when you have that SOP in front of you and you have a question... You pull that thing right out and go, hey, Rick gave me this class, uh, and he had me set up this binder, and the bind I'm going to manufacturing. Oh, sh yeah, what I'm doing, that is manufacturing under the Gun Control Act. I need to report that as a manufacturing on my AFMA report. So yeah. that's why it's so important to set this up. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, uh, Walter is an FFL, so am I. I think Patrick is going through the process. You're just a hair's breadth away from being a felon at all times. And I'm well, sure Lola right now is thinking very deeply about what you're saying because her, her and I both uh, FFL. Well, that's that's what, when, I, when I see somebody like Patrick and say he wants to get his license and other people, I say, do you really want to do that? Mm -hmm. do you, I'm not telling you not to, mm -hmm. but think about it. Think about it. Do you really want to? I mean, can you do? Are you? I, it's I tough nowadays. Not, so I don't know if Walter wants to talk about this, but I'll, so I'll just be general unless he wants to get more specific. But there's a mutual friend that we all have here. Walter's been friends with him for a long time. That was an FFL for uh, many years, right, Walt? 
and recently yeah, lost everything, and they came down on him like a ton of bricks. You know, and it's it's pretty from my point of view, it's pretty sad to see like how um, what's a good word for this, Patrick? Like he's really disconnected from America based on this. Oh, he's he's going he's going he's moving out of the country. Yeah, he's yeah. leaving the country. He's like, this is it. It's the end. You know, I mean, I've had, he's had he's had his fill of uh, he doesn't want yeah. anything to do with anything even near the U.S. government. It's so it's um, sad to see that. The way I explain it, it is that easy for them to take well, your license. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little bit more to the story than than willful violence. Well, just to say this, he manufactured 20 millimeter DDs, okay? And I'll and I'll and all you know, bolt action, bolt action, bolt action. And the gov, the, the gov has had <laughs> that, it out. That's for a for special years. crime. That's a special crime. You can't. Um, oh. Well. I say the Govs had it out for him for quite a while. So when when he mm-hmm. did have a small an issue, they laid it on harder than to to, to push him out. Yeah, they he were waiting the with court. the they were waiting with the pineapples with no Vaseline, basically. <laughs> he 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 fought it in federal court. He spent a lot of money fighting this, and yeah, no, it's no sad. Court. It's sad to think about what happened to him. Um, and I guess there's nothing Man. you could do, right? There's nothing that could be nope. done. You you can fight nope. all you want. But, you know, I've testified in trial numerous occasions, mm-hmm. and the judge gives jury instruction at the end of a trial. And let's say that I didn't run five next checks. The jury instruction would be that the prosecution would have to prove that I willfully did not run those next checks, and that I understood that not running those next checks was a felony. How hard do you think is it it is for the prosecution to prove that? They're going to pull out that form that said, mm-hmm. I knew that I had to run the next checks. Yeah. They're going to pull out all this information. I mean, if you don't know about running next checks, you've been living in a barn underneath an earthquake for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. So what is the jury going to do? The jury's going to convict him. So when they take you, yeah. you know, you're going to plead guilty. You're going yeah. to say, guys, use my license. Have yeah. a nice life. It's like you sign be- up for you sign up for a job. At the beginning of the job, you give them all the DNA evidence to convict you in the future. Yes. <laughs> you, yeah. you hit it on the head. <laughs> That's crazy. Than, than yeah. the obvious stuff. Mm-hmm. Stories and and from- I got to tell you. I talked to uh, I will. There's there's some guys in the industry today that that were should be in jail right now, and 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 a couple of them are very close friends of mine because they tell you back in the '80s, man, it was it was like Wild West. Yeah. Oh yeah. People were making false machine guns, homemade machine guns. You had grenades. You had everything. Mm-hmm. They'd come in if you got caught. You, you know, they take the guns away, send you yeah. off. Uh, yeah, we used to have we used to have this old coot. <laughs> I, I say that lovingly, that came on the show, Richard Hoffman, the Hoff the Hoffman Meister, uh, BWE Firearms. Uh, what was the place that he worked for back in the days? You guys remember? Inner uh, Arms. He Inner Arms. arms. Yeah, he. Really... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's told us some crazy stories, which were more than likely all one hundred percent true well, of how it, things used to be. Back then. That they were running the guns for the Contras. 
So they got away with absolute murder. Yeah. They did what they wanted to do, and they made but, tons and tons of money. And but who was who was really running the racket? The gov was running the racket. That's right. So they could do what they wanted. And so to do if, so if they so if the guns handing the guns to the Mexicans, it's no problem. Yeah. That's, well, that's I mean exactly. that's so so when we had uh, Fast and Furious and guns across the border, etc. Right? How come the ATF didn't lose their license? <laughs> well, I, I, look look at the, the loss of all the guns at Martinsburg a couple of years where the security guard was just going in at night and taking them. Hey. Nobody was even hey. relieved. Nobody even got relieved. How people got promoted. Again, wow. Yeah, well, you know, look at the dude that was trying to be the director standing over dead Americans in, in, uh, in Waco. We're not I, talking I about dead. We're not talking about dead Arabs or dead Russians. We're, he's sent it over dead Americans. <laughs> and, you know that's and that and that people. It, that, that's yeah. When I went to that when I went to that place in Washington and I walked in that hallway where they had their little displays all set up and there's the wooden Waco model. Mm-hmm. I just had to tie my tongue so hard. I didn't say anything with that with that with that wooden Waco model there. It wasn't burned. You would so have been so model. heavily flogged. We would not. But I was they would trying, have put you, you know, in the sub-basement of the sub-basement. <laughs> when I went there, I went there with two lawyers. We met with uh-huh. Marvin Richardson, the guy that was a tech brain. This was in 2018. Mm-hmm. They're lawyers, everything. Everybody was happy and smiled. They let, oh, yeah, we want to work with the industry. Fuck, they want to work with the industry. They had no intention of working with the industry. Okay, you know what, you're Walter? So of, <laughs> you're so full of shit. It's, it's coming out of their ears. Okay, Walter. You know, and I, I had to be on my best behavior. I had to walk into that place like a TSA thing where you get all searched and all this shit. And I'm going, why do you, you, not know, why you, about this. A, you know why you have a building with a bomb blowout roof? Because you shoot people's dogs. That's why you have that. <laughs> That's the quote. There. And you laugh. <laughs> and, you, and you laugh. You laugh about that, but they, they pull these No, it's not funny. Yeah, it's not over funny. And over and uh, over. But it is. You know, ask about a, you know, glory hole. Use that word glory hole. Ask about the glory Oh, Lord. Holes. So, um. Listen, so, okay, 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 hold on a when second. I, when I, when, when it used to be you're growing up, look, look, I'm going to ask you this. When growing up, Rick, FBI agents, they were like the cream of the cream of the law enforcement guys. They were, mm-hmm. they were the, they were the, they were the guys, right? Look at the FBI now. It's politicized, weaponized, a bunch of bullshit. Come on. <laughs> the whole, the whole government, you got a president that can't even walk down a set of uh, two stairs. How are you supposed to take anything serious? I'm sorry, I'm ranting. Okay, you know, so listen, just... so so hold on, let's explain this because we got about five minutes. I do want to get this story <laughs> out to Rick. No, 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 I'm not going to let you vent. Um, I got going. Of, I had stopped. Yeah, and some of that was amusing. <laughs> Rick is going to unpack sure a lot of that as time goes on. Okay, so why don't you tell Rick a little bit of your story? Maybe he might know I, even I know, from a different side. I know side. the entire story. Oh, you do about and, the, and, the and SHTF. Okay. Fit the caliber yeah. uppers, fit the caliber uppers, right? I started yes, making those in 2003. Because I, I sent one in on behalf of another importer exactly the way yours was made. Oh. Oh. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, yeah. you did. And that's what started the whole process. <laughs> okay. This well, is, hey, this you know, one's approved, I, then the other one should be approved. And, true. And true. Okay, let, me, let, me, let me just back up here. I never, but when they, I started doing this in 2003. <laughs> A, a bolt, a bolt action upper, shouldn't need any approval. 
Okay. That's true. It's, but this one we were uh, doing was being imported. And mm-hmm. so finance yes. to be imported yes. must and, be and, approved for sporting purposes. And I, and I know this person, and he walked up to me at the SHOT Show in 2017 and said, or 18 and said, did you ever get your upper uh, determination letter? And I'm like, no, I didn't feel I needed to. Well, then, then what what do I get? What do I Shazam! get? Shazam! Months later, I get a letter because he tried to do it. Now, well, there's other issues going on too. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, these things would show up in Mexico. They showed up in Brazil. I think there was pressure from that end of the deal too. Political pressure. The, the pressure. The actual pressure came from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fifty of them showed up in Colombia in one year. And that's the ambassador of, of uh, um, the U.S. ambassador to Colombia contacted the attorney general. Mm-hmm. And and that's how the ball got rolling. Said, what the hell are these yeah, things? They're being sold without a license. And this is the way they're coming into our country. And, and 50 of them. And I already left Farms Technology Branch, but I was working in the Farms Trafficking Branch. So I was made aware of all this information. As, and then, of course, I retired in 2016, and then I worked on the other individuals one because uh, I didn't know what the final uh, adjudication of what that opinion was. Mm. So Go ahead, can Walt. I ask you something then? I, I heard we threw, heard through the grapevine that that the upper question went up the ladder in ATF like in 2007, and then it kind of got to a point and just fell off the ladder. Yeah, it did. Um, they basically just said, don't worry about it. Right. So... So so here we go. I I get I knew what was going to happen. Uh, you know they say it's a firearm based on its characteristics, like a bolt action rifle. Which when you read the determination letter, you go, everybody goes the same thing. They go, WTF over? What the hell are they talking about? Um, nevertheless, I serial number now, and you know I, I should have just kept right on going and doing that from the beginning. And not I paused. I stopped. Three quarters of my income vanished in a, in a letter. Yeah, but also, so, wait, so you know. wait, let's not go over the, so I don't think that you should have to serialize an upper. Well, well I don't care what you the, think. The reason because was. If, if I, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Yeah, go ahead. That because it was a bolt action, built as a bolt action, now I'm, I'm using the verbiage, as a bolt action receiver, it was looking at the definition of firearm, it definitely fits the definition of a firearm under the GCA, and that's and so they said the only difference was the attachment points were made to put it onto an AR-15 receiver, so you could literally attach a trigger to that, uh, like a Remington 700. If you hold, you put an attachment for a trigger and fire it. I'm just telling you. Yeah. What so what's serialized was. on a Re- Remington 700, for example? What is it? So, it's or, the, the receiver tube. It's the receiver tube. The receiver okay. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my reply to that, and, and one of the part is if they said if it was operated from the, the gas of the gun, it wouldn't be. Um, but what about all these manually operated AR-15 uppers? Well, which ones, <laughs> which one, which ones are you talking about? Anytime you remove the gas system and you manually operate them by pulling the thing back and forth or a side charger or the normal, you've created the same thing that I manufactured. Well, I would, because I approved a lot, and the industry should be very helpful, thankful yeah. that I was Let, there. 
Let's take Can a little I, break I, here. I do want to, I'm sorry, Rick. Let's take a little break. We're going to oh, be right back. I, yeah, I definitely want to continue. That. With Arms List, you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified. Now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall. For only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors. So when you're in the market, please consider Arms List. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Arms List. So, you know, personally, what I think is really interesting about this, Patrick, uh, Walter, uh, Rick, is that this yeah. story is kind of coming full circle here, you know? Because um, I remember oh, yeah. I, me I was at SHOT Show when that guy came over to Walter. Then this whole thing happened. Walter had to deal with it. You know, it's like going back and forth. Now we got Rick here. He was on the other side of that. It's The saga still continues. Well, so let so let me go with uh, mm -hmm. classifying uppers as not being firearms, and okay. and there's there's a couple of criminal cases that this happened. So there was an individual that was taking <laughs> M249. The whole channel is a firearm. The trigger mechanism is just a trigger mechanism. So that's very similar to a bolt action rifle. A bolt action rifle, the receiver tube is a firearm. A trigger is just a trigger. So they made adapters to put these on M11 lowers, and they mm -hmm. sold them as a hmm. M11 machine gun, you know, a pre-86 machine gun. Well, you've been around the industry, the upper on a two, the 249 is a machine gun, the PPSH is a machine gun. So if you mount it on something else, it's still a machine gun. That Now you have two firearms. But if you design an upper for an AR-15 and let's say the 5.7 or the Shrike, let's say the Shrike, the 5.7 or the Shrike, they were never designed to have a firing mechanism where they could shoot on their, on their own. They were designed specifically for an upper for an AR-15. Another good example is the BRP MG-34. Brian Foley's a good friend of mine. And he's one of my clients. I do work for him. He developed the MG34 to go on a full auto uh, uh, M16. They are low. Well, it's, it's an MG34. It's an MG34 receiver with mounting points to put on an AR15. So it's still a firearm. And the AR15 or M16 is still a firearm. So even though he didn't like it, he accepted it and sold it as just a firearm. Go, Walt. But what I, what I was saying was a manually operated AR-15 upper that has no gas system is no different where you have to operate the bolt manually. And there's, there are people selling them. They're not... They're not yeah, I mean, functionally, no, can you make... Can you, can you fire a round through just the upper on itself, on its own? On mine? By yes. itself? Yes. No. No. So, okay, so what am I missing? Well, well, well let me back up. You have a bolt, okay. mm -hmm. you have a chamber, mm -hmm. and you have a receiver. All you need okay. is a trigger mechanism. So the AR-15 operates as your trigger. Mm -hmm. okay. some that's, that's, not what, that's not what Hank just said, though. You, you, you have to add that. So 
You well, it, it can't be fired on. Yeah, it, it can't. Yeah, it, it can't be fired without the lower. But you're saying because it was a receiver, the logic behind what they're saying is because it's a receiver. So then, so conversely, you should be able to make a specific lower for it that's only a trigger there and not a receiver. That's correct. I could. That's correct. I could. Okay. I thought about. I thought about doing that, mm -hmm. actually. Um, and so these AR-15 uppers that some of them. Uh, seem unconventional they were mm -hmm. designed only to work on an ar-15 i can't take an an uh, um, an m240 and mount it on top of an an ar-15 and say oh i removed all the trigger mechanism from this m240 you can't shoot it because it doesn't have a trigger now the ar-15 is my trigger because i still have a machine gun receiver Okay. okay well, so by I the think, logic, I, I could be probably, wrong here. Go ahead, Walt. Mm -hmm. In my case, I think you answered it the first question I had about Columbia and the foreigners. Because yeah. I I had never heard a word from anybody at, at the at the three letter agency um, before well, then. Part of my job was to go to I traveled to Mexico, every Central American country, Colombia, Europe, to look at firearms that were being trafficked. And mm -hmm. and to do training because we were we weren't we can't change their laws and and but we can help them stop some of the trafficking. I said, hey, we're buying all these AK-47s from Rick Vasquez in Huber, North Carolina. Well, shoot, they send somebody over to Rick's house. We stopped the trafficking right then and there because they arrest Rick. So that was my role as a technical advisor, you know, to to teach them what to look for. Mm hmm. Do you have a question, Walter? And I'll just I'll just stop at that because okay. to be honest with you, I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at all the guns that are trafficked, you know whether they're bought legally here, which most of them are bought legally. To be honest with you, yeah, there's I mean, a ton of guns that traffic out of America. So and and I go mean, they overseas. send people out, they it's give not... them money, they buy it. I know it's a straw yeah. purchase and all that stuff. You're not supposed yeah. to do that, but Bushmasters, every every brand in the world ends up south of the border. Every oh, brand. I've seen them. Yeah. Some of them our government it, takes I, over I, there themselves or allows true, to, but, to, to go over there. But 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 what I make doesn't go bang as big or get used in a bank robbery with an armored car or mm -hmm. you know, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. I know I know that's so I don't criticize any firearms. I don't say, well, mm -hmm. I don't like your gun because it's fifty caliber. Uh, I introduced the Barrett fifty caliber into Marine Corps. Uh, mm -hmm. that was one of my roles. And, you know, Ronnie Barrett is a, is a personal friend. And, you know, so I don't say you shouldn't have this gun or you shouldn't have. I don't care what you have because there's guns. I got an 1851 right. Colt Navy that, you know, people would cut their wrists to have, you, you know, and, and I spent a lot of money for it. Mm -hmm. So what you, but we do want to stop guns from going into the illegal market as much as possible because what did we talk about earlier? Politicians. So if they, that is just food for their mouth. You know, mm -hmm. it's not food coming in, it's food going out. Oh, yeah. so-and-so had so many guns show up over there. So-and-so had this. Oh, yeah. we, we look at these pictures of these guns being used in a crime. We've, we've got to stop the sales. We've got to put these companies out of business. So none of our guns go down there anymore. Yeah. So I don't think anyone, and I don't know, someone could like 
you know, chime in on that if they think so. I don't think any of us want guns to get into the hands of bad guys either here in America or any other country for that matter. I don't I don't think we want that to happen, but I think in the case so like what you're saying with with the story with the SHTF50, I remember when it became news, you know, we were seeing it in some different countries, people did whatever they did, and then somehow they wound up looking um you know, at this, Walter said first it went up and then it came down. Then the issue came out of someone else wanted to do one. And then this is how we got to this whole thing. How does all of that wind up a company, you know, or the ATF going, yeah, this upper has to be serialized, but no one else making a similar thing has to be serialized. And and, and then my, my other question in there is, I don't think you can fire that round without the lower. Am I wrong on that, Walter? Can you fire a round out of uh, out of the upper without a lower? Not unless you purposely do something really sketchy. But do you yeah. want to hang on to a fit? But anyway, I guess I guess what it all comes down to is once mm -hmm. again, it's kind of like the the bump stop. Mm -hmm. Word word went down that don't matter what these guys say in this meeting, um, we're, your letter's gonna. <laughs> I, I just. After that all happened, I'm like, we. I wasted all my time. I wasted going up there. I wasted talking to him. I wasted not making a comment about burned uh, Waco well, model. Well, I just I, wasted I my time. I wish you contacted and me because mm -hmm. my client and I did the same thing. We we did the same thing you did. We went all the way up to the director of ATF, and we were told no. So basically, scrutiny was, was put on this firearm because of Columbia. Or, or mm -hmm. these types of firearms, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And so right. when they looked at the definition of a receiver under the firearms regulation guide, mm -hmm. this thing, the upper, the tube, meets the classic definition of a receiver. It, you know, it, it, it has a chamber. It houses, it's threaded for a bolt. Uh, it has a bolt. Uh, I mean, lay it side by side with a Remington 700 without a trigger. I mean, they look like an uncle and a nephew. Yeah, uh, you know they look they look like bolt action receivers, and and you know we can agree to disagree. I'm just telling you that how it occurred. Yeah. No, and, no, I think it's that, interesting. Yes, it's interesting yeah. to no, I, see that. I, I value I, I, the I value the input on this because it's kind of like the other side now of that whole story, and we've all been talking about it. And at this point, Walter is saying, "Hey, you you know, it is what it is, right?" Yeah, I. I I don't. I didn't have two hundred grand to throw away in the courtroom mm. to try to fight it. I mean, yeah. and I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't know if it would have done any good because, like my friend, there was no jury. There was a judge. <laughs> so when the judge says no. That's it. That's it, folks. Mm -hmm. Done over. Get out yeah. of my courtroom. Next. Yeah, that's <laughs> your the, the only the right. only one the, the only one that benefits from that is the lawyers. And and, and I real. am so glad yeah. you just said that about lawyers. Here's one thing I hope everybody in the world hears. There's divorce lawyers. There's property lawyers. There's very, very few gun attorneys. Mm. And I'm telling you right now, if you need a gun attorney, please give me a call and I will refer you to one. There's, with all this stuff going on right now with the arm brace, attorneys are popping up like moles. Every day there's a new attorney online and say, we did this. We just got this stopped and we just got this stopped. And because they know there's a lot of money out there right now, the lawsuits that they want to take. 
But there's just a handful of guys that have been in the firearms industry for a long time. And I can tell you, I work with the majority of them. And, and, and there's, there's gun attorneys who will uh, utilize me to do all the technical stuff. And then since they have the, uh, uh, the degree, they go to court and fight these things. But you don't want somebody to fight your revocation that did your divorce or did a murder trial. He may be no. the best murder no. attorney yeah. in the world. Yeah, but or one that's registered to do tax law. Why would you choose that? Person? Somehow I knew that was coming. <laughs> have you, uh, Somehow have you had I knew that was coming. Uh, have you had any run-ins with uh, Andrew Bronca? Um, I took one of his courses. That's why I'm asking. No, no. You know, uh, I, I do my own thing. I, I work with a handful of attorneys. I've never worked with him. Uh, I mean, I, I work on. Uh, I defend the firearms industry on frivolous lawsuits against them. Uh, do that a lot, but I don't talk about that much, of course, because okay, I you know a there's a, mm-hmm. a, and you're not you're not an attorney. You're working with the attorneys, right? That's correct. Yes, Walter, I, ask your I, question. I have a, I have a, I have a question for the for the for the panel here. I'm going to use two, uh, one uh, one set of uh, polymer eighty and the and the and the and the the thing that was just opened up with them giving money to L.A. Oh, God, I mean that was, that's, that like a, that's like that's like that's like saying you got free uh, football tickets and down in the hood. Well, well, You'd have a line I, I three just, miles long. I just did a deposition on their behalf uh, about two weeks ago by LA. Uh, mm-hmm. They they deposed me. I was working working on their behalf, mm-hmm. and I, I you know what? I wish they hadn't uh, uh, settled, but they were getting broke. Uh, they were being taken through the ringers, mm-hmm. just. Every time you turn around, they were, and the insurance companies only pay so much. You, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but here's the no, thing I insurance companies do. Yeah. So, I mean, and the thing about that, I would say, is where is the protection for the industry of some guys doing something that is, should, is clearly legal for them to be able to do, right? And they're not yes. violating a law, and then and then cities and states are just choosing to put these people out of business by just constantly suing them into the ground. I mean, this is not that's not America. That's not how America is supposed to function. That they're able to get away with that. But but that's uh, you know I have uh, uh, liability insurance, and when I first started in 2014, it was it was twenty five hundred dollars. And a year. This year, it went up to five thousand dollars. And Ooh, you know, because because I do firearms instruction, I'm sure I write SOPs. Mm-hmm. I do compliance. So because I have that many things, and I didn't have insurance for like two months because I couldn't find somebody to take me. Yeah, so my it's going to be unattainable. It's going to be unattainable for the for the firearms industry to get insurance in America. It is. It is. You know, you know, and I'm telling you right now, if you're in the firearms industry and you don't have some type of liability, somebody sooner or later is going to buy a firearm from you and use it in a crime. It's just a fact of life. If you run a yeah, range um, and somebody has an accident and it's 100% their fault, they're still going to sue you because mm-hmm. I hate to use this technical term, but they're born assholes. <laughs> and they're going to sue you because it's yeah. not well 
your their fault. It's your fault that they stuck the gun in their mouth with their finger on the trigger in a loaded magazine and blew out the side of their jaw. It's your fault. Yeah, it's uh, that I, I know. I agree with you. Let me get this in real quick, Walt, and then we'll get back. Uh, I, just right, get this, right. I just want to get this comment from Armin and Axis. He says, in my honest opinion, they went after SHGF because it's a 50 BMG on the edge of destructive device. Uh, too scary. So there you go. That's, you know, that's in regards to what we've been talking about here. I do want to get into some other things while we have Rick. Uh, if Rick is having fun, maybe we'll get him to come back. But I, well, I, know, I'm I was hoping you'd say that. I'd, I'd love to come back because <laughs> yeah. it helped me out as much as it helps us all out. Absolutely. I'm having fun. I'm enjoying you being here. Any other questions? Uh, Patrick, did you have any? And if not, we'll go to Walter. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I've read, there's been so much. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. We did it. What What did we not cover? Because, um, you know, okay, we just hit the how, polymer 80s. How much, how much does the ATF hate Cody Wilson and Defense Distributed? Because he's been on here before, too, and it was interesting talking with him. Funny you say that. The the agent who interviewed Cody Wilson is a good friend of mine, and, and he's in he's in uh, in Dallas, Texas, and him and I are I, I don't call us business partners, but we do a lot of business together. And he he does uh, he picks up compliance work in Texas, and him being an agent, uh, he's got a lot of contacts. He um, they don't hate Cody Wilson. There was no issue with hating Cody Wilson. Uh, you, you know, the fact of the matter, you know, he did what he did. He, he made that. Uh, what, what I think that people have failed to see, but I, but I see this because I study the, the whole history of firearms uh, back beginning of time, basically, because this is it all. If you're becoming an expert, you have to know as much mm-hmm. about the history of something. One of the things that Cody Wilson did is he brought 3D printing to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Who knew what 3D printing was before Cody Wilson? Who knew? Just a, just a couple of nerds in their mother's basement. That's right. <laughs> they were being used in the firearms industry. I mean, and I'm sorry, in the auto industry, because mm-hmm. they started using for prototyping. Mm-hmm. And man, when Cody Wilson brought that to the market, it has exploded. It is in every industry there is now. And the price, unfortunately, and fortunately, the price of the technology is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Or mm-hmm. I remember, because uh, I did a, a, a paper for ATF on 3D printing. I went and met with some prep professors and, you know, looked at what they were doing and, you know, put a, a, a real good... A paper together so that ATF could understand what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no animosity towards Cody Wilson. He, he gets his license, and now he tries to stir up animosity every chance he can. You, you know, but 3D printing has now absolutely taken off. And if you're not following it, uh, there are a lot of guns being made uh, illegally through 3D printing now. <clears throat> Do I think it's going to be the next trafficking scare? No, because I'm a bad guy, and I want a real gun that I can go kill multiple people with. Yeah, I don't want a yeah. gun that's 3D printed with plastic, and you know I got to get a barrel that's in there, and I might get 500 rounds out of it, but the likelihood is I'm only going to get 10 or 20 rounds out of it. So it is not, but it is going to be one of those one-offs that somebody gets one made and he goes and kills somebody with it, and that's just going to create 
Well, I mean, so I know we're going to hit the one minute time here, but look at what happened in Japan. That that gun that was used to take down the former (laughs) Japanese prime minister was not 3D printed. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Changed the course of history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the genie is out of the bottle on that, right? I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. These let me tell you, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but there's many, many airsoft firearms out there that are built on AR-15 and AK receivers. I, I've seen them. I, I've traveled to Mexico just specifically to look at some. And we have restrictions on them being made in the United States, but these other countries don't. So if you ship uh, an AR-15 um, across the land, across the water illegally, and you get caught, it's a customs violation. Yep. So we're gonna, if we're I can take- a receiver, we're going to take a break. We're taking a break. Sorry, Eric. Uh, Rick. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. I tell you what, you know what? I have not had this level of fun. Like the time is just freaking ripping. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't believe it's eight thirty. This is awesome. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, you, the, you, you know, it's good when uh-huh. when I am not filling the entire volume of conversation. Yeah. You know, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm sorry, Patrick. I, you know, I, I no, 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 Walter, I'm. Interested in listening. This is all very interesting. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I cut you off when you were discussing. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, Rick. I had a question. I can't even after. remember. I started laughing. I oh. can't remember. <laughs> oh, damn Here's it. A question for you. Okay, go. 60,000 tons, 600,000 tons, all that ammonium nitrate that went missing. Where the hell did all that go? Have you heard about that? No. Is I, that I new? Heard... Yeah. Two or three no, weeks ago. No, it's Uh,. Let me you look it up, and I'll get right back. What miss is going to be a logistics what? issue. Oh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not something big. Not not. Patrick, it's, you know, it's too. It's too big and too heavy to be tra- six hundred thousand. Yeah. Think about it in in a tractor trailer. How many mm-hmm. tractor trailers did you have to load? You okay, can't yeah, hide Patrick, that. I, I, everybody, I so everybody wants to say that there's something nefarious, but I, I'm guessing, yeah, your logistics issue makes way more sense than I, somebody stealing it to make a bomb. Go back, go back to the '90s at the gun shows. There was a hundred thousand UN troops in the U.S. Where in the fuck do you store a hundred thousand troops? You can't store in your mama's basement. A hundred thousand men. NBC what do you do with a hundred? You got to have fifty thousand women to service a hundred thousand men. You can't. You can't hide that. Depends, depends. So, Nowadays, okay. When I when I hear that there's. Thirty tons of, of of ammonium nitrate hiding somewhere. It's like, where do you hide it? Where do you yeah, move no, it? It don't make sense. It's the, gonna the smell. Internet, it's gonna smell a lot. If, wherever if it's you at. Read the, the internet, the they want you to think it's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Where do tractor trailers go? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. Rick said. It's probably it's it's a combined um, logistics error. Like when your numbers don't match up. Next thing you know, you're yeah. you're, you're missing thousands of pounds of this stuff. You know, and yep. it's like okay. yeah. Yeah. So what were we before? I just wanted to finish that. Where were we talking? Oh, we were talking about the pipe gun that was used against the. Uh, oh yeah. 
in Japan Japanese and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, the genie's really out of the bottle here with guns in general, right? It's not just 3D printing. Um, no. We've talked about stories in Mexico, for example, where you can't, ma you can't make guns, and people are using machines over there to make guns at night, you know? Um, we've talked about that well, happening in England, even. Well, here's the, the thing. People are naive. Uh, the Mexican has a, a, a very uh, good military. Their mm -hmm. army and, and is, a, is a very well-equipped army be, because we give them money. So they mm -hmm. have gunsmiths, machinists. Uh, they have parts. They have everything. And, and I provided training to Customs Border Protection, Border Patrol, all along the different borders to help them identify uh, the stuff going across the border. Yeah, I think you your know, camera is frozen. Me. I don't know if that's everyone else, but it's frozen for me. Yeah, it is did it, for me. I think Rick's. Yeah, Rick's is frozen. I don't know if that's us or what. He might happened. pick back up in a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're frozen. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you perfectly fine. You're just fro you're frozen <laughs> with a look on your face, like. Yeah, my camera's even going. So. Yeah, I'm not sure why that is. You know um, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna change cameras. Just go to my laptop. Okay. And see if that works yeah we'll see sorry for the uh technical i'm, I'm gonna thing say one thing about all this mm -hmm. stuff and illegal guns and all that you you can't stop any of that until you stop the reason why people are doing what they're doing mm -hmm. you know yeah. so, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop you're not gonna stop the illegal gun trade in mexico and central america until you somehow quell that that need for that mm -hmm. to trans you know to protect their 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 stuff <laughs> Yeah. And if we stop the guns coming in from the United States, these guys are billionaires. Do you oh, honestly yeah, think I mean, they they're fight. not going to get from China, Russia, Yugoslavia? Europe? It's, yeah. it's going – they need to be very happy that they're stealing semi-automatic firearms out of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Because once they – hey, I've seen the RPGs down there. I've seen mm -hmm. them, uh, oh, yeah. and they are – a lot of them are still coming out of the uh, the conflicts in the middle in uh, Central America. A lot of that stuff was buried, uh, you know, when the Contras and El Salvador and yeah, Baja, yeah, all these yeah. countries were fighting. So mm -hmm. some of that stuff is coming north now. But yeah. if they want it, just like the uh, the FARC is getting majority of their arms from China, so they're too far from us. So they find another country to deliver it. They have the money. They have the the drugs. So yeah. sooner or later, it, they're going to really get some good munitions. Yeah. And Rick, you might and need to like um, drop out and dial back in from that link we sent you because I don't see it resetting here. I don't know if you switch cameras or not. I, I did, so that didn't. I'll do it right now. Yeah, okay. let's just give him a chance to uh, do that here. It was this fun conversation. There, um, there was a video I was watching the other day of the uh, most well-armed. Uh, South American cartel, mm -hmm. and they have equipment on par with mm -hmm. like tier one government agencies. They have access to anything they want, anything. Yeah, I think we're just well, past that. The now, whole, right? the whole, the whole reason China does that is they're trying to destabilize this part mm -hmm. of the world. Mm -hmm. That's the fentanyl and the stuff and everything. You know, else. I TikTok. hate to be that guy, but it's almost like some <laughs> other countries have been doing that since the sixties or the fifties. Well, the Russians when, well, the, when the Russians like, yeah, were in power, when everyone. the Russians when the Russians had an empire, that's what they did. 
this is what people do this is what human beings do to each other i mean Screw what are we what are we doing in ukraine right now with with russia what are we doing? It proxy. Oh, we're trying proxy. To, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying having to a proxy fight. A but this uh, isn't we're new. Having a pro- yeah, we're having this... a proxy fight for some stuff that corruption has been going on there for a long time. Ahead, you sorry. know, people have been mm-hmm. protecting their domain mm-hmm. with sticks, rocks, bows, uh, swords. This is mm-hmm. just the technology of today. And, yeah. and <laughs> we have people that, you know, want to point fingers at the conservatives and say it's it's our fault because we like guns. Yeah, you well, couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Run. The, you mentioned swords and sticks and stuff. Run the numbers on real deaths, and I think you'll find they're very popular still. Oh, oh, oh yeah, six they still function fine. And yeah. hammers yeah. and you know things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a very popular way to put get rid of your your foe. So yeah, the, um, yeah, we've got a lot of ways to do bad things these days. But yeah, there's no, you know, I, I don't think there's any end to this, and. You know, really what we need to do, I think, around the world is not just here in America, around the world, we need to make sure that the people who live in these places have access to these things, because that's the one problem that we run into, right? Just the regular folks who are typically living in these places are the ones who get in trouble, who get arrested, you know, who lose their rights, who can't have anything. The criminals have them. uh, The cops have them. Every now and then you get the criminals are, you know, and the cops are uh, pretty much the same thing. There's all kinds of stuff going on, but the people are the ones who don't have access to that. And that's really where the power is, right? If the people always have the ability to fight back, um, you know, against the government, Rick, I, if it if it needs be. Can I ask yeah. a, Can I ask a tech question about Mexico? Oh, boy. Sure. Have you have you have you physically uh, touched their homemade assault rifle that the Mexican army is using? Have the, you seen it in person? The new, the new version? I think it's the one that's that a gun. Like 2014. What's it called? Yeah, I'll look I, it up for you if you guys want. It's, it's being made by, the, it's, it's, it's made by the government, assembled by the government. None of you know, so they keep it. They keep it all in house. Yeah. I it's did called a Mexican best. assault rifle. Well, if you, it's, the, uh, it's the FX-05 Zicodal. Zicodal. I, think know, I never got to touch it. They wouldn't. They wouldn't uh, grant me access to come visit their facility. Um, even though I was over there, you know, working with a lot of their counterparts, um, they they just kept thinking I was like a spy or something like that. <laughs> are and, you, and, and actually, uh, what, what descent are you, you know, I, I don't want to be like crass or anything like that. Are you of Mexican descent? Um, I am, I am. Okay. Hey, hey, uh, okay. You know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you said that. <laughs> you know, in the government, everybody wants to be politically correct. Right. And it was... And one of the people I was working with, he, he walks up to me and he goes, uh, he's acting all kind of weird. And he goes, uh, uh, wh- what, what, do you, what do you go by? Are you Latino or Hispanic? I'm like, what? I said, yeah. what? what? Are you Latinx? I said, I'm a Mexican. There's no country of Latino or Hispanic, <laughs> you know? And what's it's wrong with being world. Mexican, man? Uh, there's nothing wrong with being Mexican. Salvadoran or Guatemala, whatever you are. Yeah, yeah. But, the, nothing. but the Democrats want to group us, put us in groups yes. so that they can control us. Mm-hmm. You, you I know, mean, and I just... So it grow, got to the point, up, you know... Yeah, no, growing up, Rick, you know, you, you, were, you had Cuban friends, you had Spanish friends, you had their Puerto Ricans... 
nobody. And one day I woke up and everybody's Hispanic, and I was like, "What happened? What, what's this Hispanic thing?" What? What? So I just, what? you know, my nickname was the Mexican. You know, <laughs> I'm proud of it. Yeah. You call me a Hispanic or Latino. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, listen, yeah, I do yeah. believe in pride. I do believe people should be proud of who they are and where they came from, you know. Um, and, and, you know, a, along with that, you can be proud of who you are, but not hate people, other people for who they are as That's well, cool. you know. And all the but, beautiful but, colors that, that are here in the world is what makes this place beautiful, all the different kinds of folks. They, they, they try nowadays to meld everybody into one big happy family. and. Mm-hmm. It yeah. don't work that way in the real world, world. You know, everybody is one thing or another, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I guess there's a bigger voting block when you call everybody Hispanic, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I think you can also divide people. So, for example, this is this is my opinion, uh, and, every you know, everyone here could, could have one on it. But I think that Mexicans, for example, have done a lot for America, have a massive part to do with America, participated in world wars and all kinds of things, right? And are proud to be Americans, but I think when you when you create these things, people go, uh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm somehow not an American anymore because of that." Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And but it's about grouping people together. Mm-hmm. In that way, it makes it easy to garner votes, go to this district, or or mm-hmm. categorize you on the forty four seventy three. I mean, yeah. think about it. They can go in and say, "Who's buying the most guns?" Mm-hmm. Oh, look. The blacks in this community are buying more guns than the whites in this community. Oh, laws, laws. We need laws. All these these <laughs> yeah. Latinos and Hispanics mm-hmm. are buying all these guns. Well, shit, that's South Houston. That's all there is. Of course. I hope they are. <laughs> yes. I hope they are. When I see when I see things happening in some states, you know, we've we've got like New Mexico and stuff like that. You know, there's uh, like remember that thing that happened in the Walmart in New Mexico, and unfortunately, no one was there to fight back. I say to myself, yeah. man, I hope these pe- people there, the uh, Mexicans there, people of Mexican descent, are have the ability like start taking a, that ability that you have to fight back. You know, just don't be a victim waiting around for someone to come do something. And I'm pretty sure that stuff happens, right? Everyone just assumes that everyone chooses the same thing. So just like I grew up in New York, right? Just in the hood, people think that the folks in the hood don't want to have guns and be able to defend themselves against the criminals. Of course they do. But it's easy to target. And generally, the elderly people are the ones that stay in these communities because I see what the the Mexicans also, the people move out, and when they ask for buybacks, who brings guns in? The people that need protection. Mm-hmm. They bring their mm-hmm. guns in, and, and they they get the $250 because we, unfortunately, are rules followers. So when the government says, we all say, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to turn this in, I'm not going to turn this in, but none of us here talking today want to go sleep in the same room that Bubba sleeps in with a chain around us you know so when they say if the law comes out and says you're going to turn this in you're going to turn this in we're the ones that are going to do it and the criminals are not going to do it because they know about going to jail they're familiar with it and if they get caught they get caught mm-hmm. it's part of it's part of the uh, plan they don't even get charged dude if one of us gets caught with a a, a pistol brace right now we're getting the full time what is it, 10 years? We're getting all the fines, everything. But you catch a criminal out there doing it, they, they don't even get charged. 
you're, you're exactly right. And we saw it, you know, testifying in federal court. Guys, you know, 90% of what uh, ATF prosecutes is previously convicted felons. And a guy who did six years for murder uh, did, you know, three years for rape. Uh, because they the the whole judicial system is about plea bargaining and getting them in and out of court. You know, if I can plea bargain, I don't have to spend all my time in court. So I give him six years in jail for murder, and and then six and he does oh a federal they do most of their time. He gets out in six years and he commits another crime. Then he does another three years and then he commits another crime and he doesn't and he's in and out. And and the only people that suffer are the innocent victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Walt, did you want to say something here? I know we got uh, a lot of no, stuff. No, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that re- re- repetitive uh, criminal okay. thing. All right. Going. So what are we getting <laughs> into? We got Rick. We got some time here. Uh, I think we got like maybe 20 minutes or something like that here. What uh, What other questions do you have, Babyface? Where Where do you see the state of the industry and the ATF going? Because uh, personally, I'll, and I'll throw out my personal opinion here. I see the. Um, Supreme Court slapping down the ATF on a bunch of things, bump stocks, pistol brace rule, things like that. Where do you think uh, the industry is going or from the ATF's point of view, where do you what what do you think is going to happen with with the ATF in the future? Let me clarify something. And if you don't mind, it's going to take a couple of minutes. Go for it. ATF, ATF doesn't write laws. They can't write laws. They can write a regulation to clarify a law which they have attempted to do. And, and, and in reality, I'm not saying this in defense of ATF, the attorney general basically told them, you're going to write this receiver rule and you're going to write this bump stock rule. I do not know if the bump stock rule is going to win if it goes to Supreme Court. And here's the reason why. ATF did this 100% wrong. All they had to do was say, we've determined that a bump stock, uh, I'm sorry, an arm brace is a stock, period. If they called it a stock, then when you attach it to a pistol, it becomes a short barrel rifle. So if they explain that, which I'm sure they're getting their ducks in a row, if this thing goes, because they're going to want it to go to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And if they go to the Supreme Court and say, look, we made a mistake. And I'm, you know, I'm just making everything simple. We made a mistake. We called this uh, arm brace a, in our naive opinion, they called it just an arm brace. But then we realized that everybody is putting it on a handgun and using it as a stock. And under the NFA, if you put a stock on a pistol, it becomes a short barrel rifle. I mean, that's very simple, black and white. So if they had held this, not even written a rule, just had a change of opinion and just said the arm brace is now a stock. We made a mistake, period. There have been all kinds of lawsuits. But how could you beat that? Because there's no regulation. There's no rule. As far as the industry is concerned, I think the big industry could give two farts about what's going on. Uh, you know, the ones that were selling guns with an arm brace, quit doing it. And they go a different direction. They make tens of millions of dollars. OK, we got to We got to find a way to recoup this revenue that we lost on this product. So we'll find another product and go in that direction. The receiver issue for the big industry, 80 percent receiver. 
they're happy. They're happier than hell because now they don't have all these small Type 7s, these small gunsmiths spitting out guns uh, uh, that they can't do. That's taking away their market share because they're making complete receivers. They're making guns and selling them. So the, the arm brace issue for the big industry has a little bit of effect, not much. The frame has no effect whatsoever. And, and then the bump stock, that has no effect on the industry whatsoever. That's an individual thing. So if the bump stock uh, is, is overturned and it's made to not be a machine gun, then that's one where everybody will benefit because mm -hmm. we'll be able to buy one if we want one then. Mm -hmm. So did that kind of explain it? Well, I think it's is? I think it's interesting. I think you said it before too, and and the second time you're kind of saying it from from a different angle, but the same thing that there's some parts of the firearm industry that's really gonna that's benefiting from all of this, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. The big firearms industry, if if you could get a because I would I would tell you this, since I've gone to work at mm -hmm. ATF in 1999, mm -hmm. the amount of Type Seven manufacturers has exploded. I mean, absolutely exploded because people didn't know about, hey, I can get barrels from AR-15 and put this together and I mm -hmm. can do this in my shop and I can put pistols together and, and I am and I can get an 80% receiver and mm -hmm. build this. And that right. has changed in the, in the last Great. few years and has okay. really, really grown. The Who Moved My Freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at 2A Commerce. Veteran owned and with over 20 years experience, 2A Commerce is the leader in custom e-commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry. Clients include major brands such as Guard Dog Body Armor, Sylvan Arms, AccuFire Technologies, The Tactical Games, Warrior Knife Company, and yours truly, Hank Strange. Visit 2A Commerce and support this show by supporting them. Once again, visit the number 2acommerce.com. All right, very cool. Um, I don't know. I think that that was a good good answer that we got there, and I think it is very interesting. And I think you're really making a very astute point about certain parts of the industry benefiting from this. Not only now, but they've benefited before, and now they're benefiting again. Um, yes. Yeah. Go, Walt. Receiver definition. ATF has no business. They can't change that legally. That was they can't change what. That's Congress's, that's the legislative branch's job to do that. So that's one thing that that they don't have any. And, and ATF can write regulations, and, 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 but this regulation they wrote changed the law. That's the problem. And how, how do, yeah, you, you, have an, you have a government agency that no one's elected to <clears throat> that basically comes out with these regulations and, and, and decisions. And now you get thrown in jail. It's the so, law. But I think that's because the politician, if there's a will, there's a way. They let well, it happen. The politicians it's are letting it happen because it's expedient for them. They well, don't have to take it up. That, you know? that's and then where, these guys, could, if you just on be right, on these guys. Yeah. That's where people are holding their feet to the fire in Washington now saying, you got to do something about this. Because where mm -hmm. does this – I always use the example, Rick, of the EPA and, and catching rainwater. That's illegal. What the fuck are you talking about? I can't catch rainwater. Where do <laughs> they have? Where do they have the power 
to say you can't catch rainwater. The EPA just got slapped down pretty hard by yeah. the Supreme Court last week over right. it, those it, it's that, things. It's that same thing. It's like there's no problem. Pretty soon you won't be able to smell your own fart. <laughs> these crises, <laughs> the crises are all created by the gov. There's You're no right, and that's what I said. Receivers. They should have, if they wanted to win this easily, they should have never wrote that regulation because they approved the bump stock, I mean, the arm brace by a letter of opinion. Right. That's all they did right. is a letter of opinion. So all they had to do was write another letter of opinion and said, we made a mistake. It's now considered a stock. And then there wouldn't be this fight over regulation. Well, so wouldn't wouldn't we be having the same results, though, if they said, well, we made a mistake in how we interpreted it, and now we're going back on that? Because they allowed mistake, it for all this time, so they what exist. Do you, what yeah. do you mean you made a mistake? Yes. You know, it's but, like, here it is. What do you mean? Well, well mm-hmm. we just but we're looking at the same way that you look at it. It's like, See, they're, they're not fighting about the arm brace being a stock. They're mm-hmm. fighting about the regulation being written under the Administrative Procedures Act. And that's right, what the whole right. argument is. So if they'd have just wrote a letter and never got into this quagmire of rewriting a regulation that was stronger than the law, what would you attack? But now also the bu- the braces are in common use by the millions. So it's oh, not yes, like... Right. Yeah, so I think you just can't out. say, oh, well, we made yeah, a that's mistake, out. we're sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just need to back off of that. They just need to drop that. In my opinion, that's established, and they have to drop it. When when the braces first hit the market, Rick, I watched. I looked at that, and I went, "I can't believe this shit. I really can't." <laughs> I thought I it was ugly. Those ugly, you thought it was ugly. Those ugly yeah. AK braces and stuff. I'm like, I can't believe this crap. I stayed away <laughs> from it for a long time, and then finally, I says, "You know what? The hell with it. I'm gonna. I don't make a brace. I ma- I made a stock that accepts a tail hook brace, and um." And finally, I said, "Heck, I'm going to make a stock too." Fuck it, you know. And and um, we sold quite a few. I mean, I'm not. I'm That's not, a technical um, term. SB tactical, right, or, technical. SB or anything, but uh-huh. but yeah, it's like and so so you take a pistol that's smaller, and now you make a stock on it that's bigger, so it's less concealable too. What's up with that? Don't I mean, you know it, it doesn't. There's no logic. There's no, there's no logic to the SBR, the, the short barrel rifle. You can't. You can't logically tell me about a short barrel rifle being more dangerous than a than well, a Glock with a thirty I round mag. You, but can't. not to get historical, but you know the National Firearms Act was written under the tax code because in, in 1934, 1934, the Second Amendment was so strong. They couldn't make these firearms illegal. So they said, well, put it under the tax code. $200 tax. You could buy a car for $200. Yeah. So that was, you, that was so there's people, restrictive. People, people didn't make $200 in a year. It, it, was, about, a, it was an obscene amount of money get, back then. Where would you get your fingerprints? Where would you get your passport size photo? You know, mm-hmm. you have to go find some police department. You might have to travel 100 miles. To get so how to did it, so why did it stand up then? Why was well, it able allowed to, to stand? We, you know, everybody was involved. The NRA was involved. Uh, crime yeah. was rampant, and those were the guns of choice. They were actually trying to prohibit handguns, but those yes. that's the way they went, and they put the tax on those firearms, and that tax is held 
So you're right. Today, everybody shoots short barrel firearms. Everybody shoots pistol caliber rifle. I mean, rifle caliber pistols. I mean, you can buy a pistol. Yeah, but but if it, if if but if the tax stamp was the cost of a freaking Tesla, I guarantee you there'd be some lawsuits and challenges. And oh, absolutely. I, Rick, I remember my, when, when I was a kid, my dad had a book that showed what these illegal guns were. And, and back then, an SBR was like a twenty-two, where they cut off the barrel and they put a pistol grip on it. That was an SBR. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you think about that now, and that's what people were thinking in 1930s. That's a dangerous twenty-two Correct. caliber. <laughs> and But now, it's like, I don't need that. I can just go buy a, I can go buy a Glock and throw a 30-round well, mag in it, and I've got more firepower than... Technology is changing everything is the issue. And and the government is trying to regulate technology by regulating what technology makes. You can't you can't It's a dangerous it's a time to do that. It's a you, dangerous time you, you, to you try can, to do that. You can't regulate you, you you're never gonna stop people from making things. Never. I don't care yeah, how you much you regulate you it. You can't say you can't regulate thought. Look at the Democrats. They have regulated thought. Oh, yeah, they all think the same. Well, oh. and, you know, and, and, and yeah. So I, I always use the example, Rick, if tomorrow they said you can't buy a sewing machine anymore, what are you going to do out tomorrow? You're going to go get a damn sewing machine, right? Absolutely. Just because they said you can't have it. So every time they come out and say, what happens when they say, oh, you can't have any more AR-15 magazines, 300 bucks a piece. So a mega crap ton of them. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think the NFA will ever be repealed because the amount of money that Treasury gets a year, because now silencers and short barrel rifles are so common uh, because it's generational. You know, it's generational. The young guys who fight in this day and age, they all use, uh, you know, the M4 with a 14 inch barrel. And they and most of them are now using firearms that are silenced Where my generation. If a guy owned a silencer, I just knew he was a CIA spy. They were that, <laughs> you know. Oh, there so, we go. But, Got some guns. But, and feel free to throw your guns up here, by the way, uh, Rick, if you want to throw it, some but guns But it's true. I, I want to be cool. So I build the cool thing with the I, short barrel and the, and the suppressor. Me, yeah. And you're familiar with that. You you were mm-hmm. raised with that. You know, I, I, I like Winchester Model 70s and lever actions and. <laughs> Bolt action rifles and yeah. stuff. Like I'm a that. simple wheel gun guy myself, you know. But well, let me let me stop all of you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna stop all you guys. But you, you just said the Democrats want them all. So, yeah, of course yeah, they, so want they want you're everything. You're not you're not safe without Model 70. You're not safe with any of those guns. Even you're this not, thing. This, you're this, not this safe this with that. You see that appendage that's hanging off of you, my dude. What my okay? Dude, that appendage what? that's hanging off your little dingling. That is not safe. Nothing is safe from these guys. They want everything. Okay, well, the cojones, everything that goes along with that. Okay, that's what they're going for here. Well, um, yeah, nowadays with this, these woke folks, yeah. So let me let me ask this. I just thought of this, and it's kind of uh, on the subject here. What do you think is going to happen, Rick, when, uh, you know, so obviously the ATF was offering these uh, free tax stamps to everyone. I think the time's up now. We passed the time. We're, but there are people, I think they said it was only about a quarter million people who actually yeah, went in there. Yeah, two two twenty. What happens when all of this gets overthrown? What do you think happens to those folks who went and got their free SBRs? Well, this is something that people don't know. Mm-hmm. If I have an SBR today, and I turn it into a full size rifle, 
I don't have to Take notify ATF that I did that, and I can sell it. You should. Now, you should I tell everybody, and I recommend. Mm -hmm. Oh, what'd you say? I think you should, you should notify. Him. Yeah, you should know. You him. should notify him. <laughs> right, and right, here's right. the reason why: mm -hmm. if I sell it to someone else as a full size rifle, and for some reason or another they get picked up down the road, and they do a trace on it, they're immediately going to be asked for their NFA paperwork. And they're going to say, hey, look, it's a full-size rifle. I bought it from so-and-so. It just saves the hassle. Mm -hmm. Take care of, of your business. But but there is no requirement. So these people who have this, because it's a tax-free, they didn't lose any money, they can mm -hmm. write in and say, hey, um, I'm taking your request, your firearm to be removed from the NFRTR, the National Firearms Registration and Transfer Record. It never gets removed, but they annotated that it's no longer a short barrel rifle. But I believe very mm -hmm. few people did not register their gun because we all believe that the Republicans was going to have this thing thrown out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. and, and they waffled on us also. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of that going on. Well, I think, didn't Republicans push something forward and then uh, Biden said he's going to veto it today? We're su they're supposed to have a vote on it tomorrow. It's, oh, it's it'll, tomorrow? It'll pass the House. It won't pass the Senate. It's It's... Yeah, but you still largely have to do symbolic it. to see yeah. who falls on what side of the line. For sure, for sure, and then and, and ultimately you have to make this happen. But here's my question, Rick. So, what do you think will happen if all of that gets overturned to those people who got the free um, tax stamps? Do you think that will stand after it's overturned, well, or they will ha the they will ATF get bills? The ATF can't once take a tax stamp back. <laughs> once it's registered, it's in the NFRTR. It's registered. Mm -hmm. okay. So, what they need to do if they want to remove it from registration, is to write a letter into the NFA branch, say to remove this gun by serial number, blah, 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 with a copy of their Form 1 uh, and have it removed. Okay. But they won't get any extra bills or anything like that. The tax man won't show up on the door no. looking to oh, take no, their babies. No. And amnesties forever. <laughs> hey, 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 thinks they're going to show up and want, the, want their $200 It's, it's just like all the guns that were... Were, mm -hmm. were amnestied in, in 1968. Mm -hmm. I mean, th that's the majority of the register M14s were stolen, mm -hmm. uh, but they were amnestied, and nobody came back later on when 9220 was passed, and they changed uh, how machine guns were, tra were trafficked or sold and, and owned. Nobody came mm -hmm. back and said, hey, all of the amnesty guns are taken back. That okay. would They would definitely have to pass the law to do that. Okay. All right, cool. Do you guys have any other questions here? Well, go, Patrick. If you do. I'm just uh, curious if you were – this kind of goes in the same thing. Were you in and around when the Form 1 machine gun was approved back in like 2014? Do you remember hearing about that? I was very familiar with that. What, what the hell happened there? How did that these, slip through the cracks? These, these guys just – they did it. They collaborated. And a whole bunch of people sent in Form 1s to register a machine gun. And unfortunately, uh, a couple of them got through. They did not make machine guns. They were smart. Mm -hmm. They did not make machine guns. ATF, uh, once they caught it, immediately picked up the phone, called them, wrote them letters, and said that your, your Form 1 is null and void, basically. Mm. Okay. What do you um, think is going to going to happen here with the ATF while we're still fighting all of this 
you know, are they going to go start looking for these pistol braces? Do you think there's going to be anything like that going on? I was told two days ago that mm -hmm. unless somebody has a violation of some sort and they get picked up, that ATF is not going to be going and taking any action for the simple reason, what if they get involved with some of these uh, uh, areas where um, um, they've been stopped? Where, where, you know, so let's say they go to Texas and they pick up somebody who's a member of the Foreign Policy Coalition and, mm -hmm. and the judge has given an injunction and they arrest them or something like that. You know, they could end up, you know, creating a very bad political storm for themselves. Mm -hmm. So I was told by a person from ATF that he was told that they were not going to be pursuing this until everything gets resolved. Okay. That it's a pylon. It's a pylon issue. Yeah. Okay. They pile so it they, on if they catch it. Yeah. Yeah. So they just wait. Mm -hmm. If some knucklehead goes into a seven 11 or something and, and he has an arm brace on his AR 15 pistol, I hope that they use that as an extra whipping post to enhance his sentence in jail. So, and yeah, what about, and this is just a question for me. I've seen lots of law enforcement using um, AR pistols and they're not SBRs. And I know obviously they could go through that whole process. Do we start locking those dudes up? You know, yeah, they're not, bought, the they're not bought, if they're not bought through the agency, yeah, they're, they're private. Well, here's the, the law enforcement are basically, and the government are exempt. Now they are told to register their firearms, it's a tax-free registration. If they if they if they buy them, of course they would buy them uh, on a form five from a from a dealer. Mm -hmm. If they if they seize them and then register them, they would register them on a form ten. But there are tons of firearms out there that police departments have that are not registered with ATF. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> they, they 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 make them, they seize them. Uh, you know, uh, they show up uh, some, and they and they use them because. So what about, a lot right, of and, well, what about places where you can't even have them? Where well, you couldn't have an SBM? Okay. You know, yeah. the, the, the cops can always have them uh, as, as long. Let me say this again: it, it, as long as you're a certified law enforcement. And that's popped up with all of these uh, police departments around colleges. You know, are they really police departments? Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, sometimes the state only authorizes them to have revolvers or pistols or something like that. And, of course, you always have the uh, the ninja on the police department. And he goes out, oh, man, you know, we're protecting this community college. We better get, you know, 20 HK21s and some M240s. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to. I can't knock them for that. Hey, I, I wish I had a letter. I wish I could get a letter like that. I can't I knock it. Like and that. and some of those guys in unfortunately that school shooting that happened in was it Tennessee? I believe those guys had um pistols, right? There was somewhere that we uh, were seeing the body cam footage and they had AR pistols. One guy had an AR and one guy had a pistol. Mm -hmm. The guy with the AR shot him first, shot it first, and then the guy with the pistol just tuned her up. You, mm -hmm. you know. So he wouldn't. Right. He, he was pushing the guy with the rifle in front of him, pushing, pushing, pushing. Okay. And then you know he shot him, went down, and he said, "Get drop the gun." They didn't, and you know he, oh, wow. he tuned his ass off. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I I got one question here. This is this will be the question of the evening. Las oh, Vegas, boy. 
to bump stock or not to go. bump stock? <laughs> Good one. Good one. Well, because I'm that, that's, that's, that's going to be that's the mystery know. of the century, lost. Yeah. What's your there. professional opinion, Rick? I was already retired. Okay. And I got called at home that night by uh, an agent who who knew me and said, "I can't reach anybody." to help me out. So I called you. Do you mind helping me? I said, of course not. You know, because if it went to trial, they'd have to pay me money to come in. And the guns, they had, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, cell phone photos of the guns. And they were, they had bump stocks. But I listened to the video. And they had 75 round magazines. Now, I know that everybody right now, all five of us have shot a gun with a bump stock before. How the hell do you make it work? I looked at your Vice video mm -hmm. on that. How the hell did they make it work in that Vice video? Because I've never been able to do it. Because <laughs> I've done it so many times. <laughs> because <laughs> I've never been crazy. able to do it. And then the guy in the Vice video was bump firing it from his hip fat better than you. <laughs> I know it. One demonstration and there he goes. <laughs> yeah. So That was I, a great crew, I got to tell you. So anyway, mm -hmm. I listened to this shooting, and there was no hiccups. It was just <laughs> impossible. Seventy-five round magazine after another. Boom, boom. No mm -hmm. hiccups. Well, ATF was not allowed to look at those guns. The mm -hmm. FBI swooped in, took the guns, took them to Quantico, uh, and and so they're the gone. That knows is if ATF wrote a report for DOJ. And they said appears 43 times because they went to the FBI Academy and were not allowed to take the guns uh, apart. So they don't know if they were machine guns. Only the FBI. Were, they had to have been. You'll never know. You'll find out about that Las, aliens in Roswell first before you find out about what happened. La, with Las Vegas, that shooting is the biggest cover-up there's ever been. And I'm not a conspiratorialist, but that is the biggest cover-up. For the gentleman that sold his ammunition, we had a really good case. And they, he was charged. They were trying to charge anybody with anything. And mm -hmm. let me see. Yeah, we're taking and, a hard break here. Sorry, we're taking a hard break. Sorry, we're going to okay. come right back here and wrap it up. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of manufacturers like Safety Harbor Firearms. SHF is a quintessential family-owned small business totally representative of the American dream. Safety Harbor Firearms is a Florida-based manufacturer of the compact entry stock, and the SHTF 50 upper for an AR-15 lower. Also, SHF happily delivers on your Sten Gun parts needs. So don't forget to check out StenParts.com and SafetyHarborFirearms.com. All right, so let's see. One real quick thing. We're back here. Armin and Axes gave us six bucks. He says, I was informed by a good source that the ATF will be policing all public ranges for pistol brace. So there you go. Um... Well, let me let me explain something to you. Mm -hmm. ATF has about 2,300 special agents. Mm -hmm. About 25% of them are in headquarters and headquarters positions. Now you have 26 special agents in charge. So you have 26 uh, field headquarters. Mm -hmm. So these are senior executive service. You have 26 assistant special agents in charge. Then you have... Uh, well, you have more than 26 because some build, big field offices have two assistant special agents in charge. So now we're down to about 1,900 agents. So now you have uh, the resident agent in charge. Mm 
And now you have agents on detail at the academy, on detail at Alabama. How, have, how the hell did they find time for the glory holes? I don't know. <laughs> now, he wasn't an agent. He oh, wasn't okay. An <laughs> so, okay, I, I snuck that up on you. Right, that's my fault. I apologize. I'm going to hear about this from Lola later. She's going to be like, I cannot believe you had this guy on there, and then you snuck that in. You're worse so, than I am. With all the task force they have, and, and you guys, I'm sure, have heard, they have task force in Chicago, Detroit, New York. I, I mean, that is one thing that this attorney general is sending these ATF agents out to these bad places to mm-hmm. try to help out. So are there going to be people, if these Stand people have time to just, let me drive by that range, you know, see if Stand somebody's at the got range. A, yeah, stand yeah. at the range all day long. And plus, they don't have Starbucks at the range. So agents, <laughs> generally, that's all special agents and all federal agencies. You have to have a Starbucks near the tree. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm just gonna behave myself. The, the modern donut it. shop. Yes. I'm not buying into any more of this. Okay, what was the the story that you were telling? because uh, I agree with Patrick. Yeah, about um, Las Vegas. Yes, I Las Vegas. Uh, the gentleman that sold Paddock ammunition, FBI mm-hmm. went after him. And mm-hmm. and we had a really good case. And 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 he ended up I, I not getting into it. He ended up having to plead guilty mm-hmm. to something because um the the case got messed up. But we had a really good case. We thought we were going to win, and and he. But they went after him because uh, they found his fingerprints on some of the ammunition. So they had to do something to prosecute someone. Because Paddock's dead, you mm-hmm. know he, he's dead. You can't prosecute him, you, you know. And uh, but I so, I personally believe that some of those guns were converted to machine guns. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, I've that- never been able to shoot a bump stock, and I would go to Shot Show every year, go to Media Day, and someone would put a bump stock in my hands, and I would like, I don't want to even shoot this thing, and it would not work. So I don't understand how it was just flowing like yeah. that. Impossible. That'll be the I only agree. person that could capable of physically doing some kind of wizard. You know, and I see these young guys who are doing it on on YouTube every day, but they practice the hell out of it. They you, edit. You know? <laughs> yeah, and edit. And so you got an old guy who's who hasn't slept, who's exhausted, who's doing some type of drugs, and he stands out a window and just pulls the trigger and launches a seventy-five round magazine. I, I maybe one, but not five or six. I just don't believe it. Yeah, not consistently. Yeah. Okay. Listen, unfortunately, we got to wrap this up here. But man, this was a lot. This was actually really cool. A lot of fun. Um, and very informative as well. I hope that you would come back on, uh, especially if you have some things that you want to talk about. We'll be happy um, to return the favor of having you here because you know I, I think this is this has been great for me. I've I've enjoyed it. Um, I'll, I'll let the guys speak for themselves. But thanks so much for coming on. What what I'd like to do next time is let me send you some bullet points and you guys put mm-hmm. together some bullet points, and then you know this was a hell of a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but this way we'll have some you know things that we can give the audience like real concrete stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. If we give me a few seconds, I can call out my company and Bravo yes. Systems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Go for it. Hey, Rick Vasquez Firearms. Uh, look up my website, my phone number, email address is all on there. Uh, Bravo System, Bravo Store Systems, a uh, point of sale, electronic A and D, electronic uh, forty four seventy three. If you're going to be 
doing guns and want to stay out of ATF, uh, and you're doing and you're making money, you want to start getting an electronic system. If you're selling five or six guns, transferring guns, uh, the paper way is the way to go. But definitely look us up. And, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and we will take care of business. Yes, and I think a good show to have uh, sometime in the future would be a show about a lot of this, about what you do, and maybe, you know, kind of like, obviously we don't want to give free advice to you guys. We, we would recommend you approach Rick and, and, and hire him. But, you know, just giving folks an idea out there of what they need to think about if they want to build guns and, and, and get into this. There's a lot of people in the industry that actually listen to format, exactly what they need to do. And, you know what, if they want to hire me as a consultant, they hire me. If they don't, they don't. You know, that, I, I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, so we can do it that way. And I'm definitely interested in coming back on again. This was a lot of fun. Okay, thank you. And and we know you do a lot of work for GOA and other organizations. Uh, I want to thank you for that. Uh, that's that's good work, man. I'm I'm glad that you have spent, you know, this time in your life doing that. So, and I, I don't want to let Walter, and then I'll let Patrick go here. Walt, you could tell people stuff or say something to Rick if you want to before we wrap up. <laughs> my turn. <laughs> yes, go, Walt. <laughs> oh, thanks, Rick, for a little give me some insight on my saga. Um, uh, you added another, <laughs> yeah, another, um, another level to it, which yeah. I, I'm over it. Trust me. Um, <laughs> Safe Tower Firearms, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram and on, on player here. And then Dirtfoot Racing, mini bike stuff. I got a new build coming up for mini bikes. I do mini bikes, Rick, too. That's fun. Yeah, there you go. And, um, and, uh, and of course, 10 parts. So there you go. You know, check that out. Yeah. So Patrick. YouTube.com slash babyfacep, Instagram, baby underscore face P. I have lots of stuff in the works, and I know it's been like five weeks of me saying that in a row. I do. I promise I do. I just, we got a five month old. I got to find the time to get it done, and it just hasn't presented itself yet. So soon, eventually, sometime. Yes, absolutely. And as we are, as we are losing, it looks like I'm losing the internet here.